everybody rangers hockey is officially <laughs> back we had two preseason games to watch before this and we finally get to talk about hockey as opposed to you know just off-season bullshit hallelujah my friend you know we can finally stop talking about jack <laughs> it seems like it was like a two-month conversation of just absolute we we i think we did a very uh sufficient job of filling up weeks of absolute 16 nothing. episodes without one puck drop we did a good job yeah i think we did a very good job with that 16 so episodes we're, uh, averaging what an hour and 40 minutes an episode some at least over two hours at least my buddy my buddy brian I, we went to, we went to the game saturday night he goes yeah i listened to him on my way, way to work but god you guys you guys go do long shows <laughs> I said, listen, it's, it's good for the commuter. Seriously. You can listen to half our show going one way and half our show going home the other hey, way. You guys, you guys tell us because so. the shows that go longer are the ones that get the most downloads. So, hey, <laughs> we were questioning in the beginning, yeah. were we going too long? And I'm like, um, I don't know. We did two hours and 15 minutes, and that was the most listened to episode we've had. So That's yeah. incredible. That's awesome. So Ranger Hockey is so. officially back. And Rock, if you could believe it. Rangers Twitter is up in arms. It didn't take long. Uh, listen, are you it not didn't surprised? Take long. I mean, have they, have they asked for Gallant to be fired saw, yet? So my favorite one that I've seen so far <laughs> was a hit after the puck was already passed away. Yay! That was my favorite tweet that I've seen so far. People, what's <laughs> what is wrong with our fan base? Like I can see the Yankee fan base being. You know, spoiled, and you know they deserve better. And you know, I maybe the giant fan base be in that way. But what in God's name does the does the Ranger fan base have anything to like? I, I just I don't know. I don't get it. I act like a very spoiled, bougie fan base, and I just don't get. I don't get where it comes from. I understand we've had success. We had some success in the you know from 2012 to 2017, but those days are gone, man. I mean, we're we're, we're moving past that and. And it's it's time to to start this By new way, chapter. Those teams hit, those like, teams I don't get hit it. People and block shots. The black and blue shirts. I mean, it was more more so Tortorella era than than uh, when Vigneault right. came. But I mean, listen, we're spoiled, and um, we just need to move on. <laughs> we need to move. Yeah. We need to, to move past 
this spoiled. We're we're in a new beginning, a new era. And let's I saw just someone post the the Rangers were outchanced. So with the let's start off because I want to start off. I know you know we played two games. I want to start off with the one that's a little fresher, the uh, the Bruins game. Um, right. It was uh, it was our preview of something new, a fourth line, like an actual NHL mm-hmm. fourth line with a purpose: Reeves, Blay, and Rooney. And I, right. the first thing I read about them, they were outchance nine to two. What is this? Like, what are we watching? Why? Okay. How is this? How is this good? What I will say, and I've been guilty of it in the past, but for whatever reason this year, I've just I've been able to kind of temper my feelings when it comes to preseason. And I and I maybe it's with age and just watching the team and just I don't know expectations not being through the roof but preseason is exactly what it is it's preseason and 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 we've talked about this numerous times it's it's a feeling out process it's guys getting their footing it's guys getting their games together they're playing against guys and let's be honest i mean the bruins roster i mean it was trent frederick and honestly i think the only other guy i knew that was a forward was thomas nosek (laughs) they sent nobody honestly they played no one. And the fact that that game wasn't 7 nothing or 7, they even made a game of it. In my opinion, it was an embarrassment. And if it wasn't for Panarin, they probably would have lost that game. Yeah. So, uh, listen, it is what it In is. In fairness, I outside mean, of preseason, that line, we didn't send anybody really that could score a goal either. I mean, but, I mean, you had two out of your two out of your four lines that you're most likely going to play in the regular season played. And you had your number two de- defense pairing played. Right. You know, I mean, the Boston really had nobody. I mean, Matt, uh, Mike Riley and uh, I mean, they had this guy Hughes, Cameron Hughes, I think is his name. I, I mean, they had guys that if they fell on me, I wouldn't right. know who they were. So, I mean, from that perspective, you got to say, oh, all right, you know, it is what it is. But if you remember, every time the Rangers have got a new coach, they've always they've somewhat gotten off to a little bit of a bumpy start. Um, it's happens. It happens. They did it with Quinn. They did it with Vigneault. They did it with Tortorella. They did it with Rennie. I mean, it's. It's 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 a well documented thing that just happens. What I will say though, what I've loved so far with Gallant during the preseason, is they're not waiting to cut guys. If they cut one guy, if they need to cut one guy, they cut one guy. There's a press release. Justin Richards. All right, he played the right. one game. He wasn't impressive. Okay, next game he was gone. They didn't wait to like save all these guys to the a end of training exodus. camp and then have one mass yeah, exodus. It's not, it's not uh they're cutting guys every it's not fancy day. Hockey camp. That was Vigno with Right, and that's what was guilty with Vigneault when he took over, if you remember. He had 60 guys in camp still, and they're heading over to Sweden for games. Well, why are all these guys still in camp? You know they're not all going to play. Well, I have to get to know them. Well, listen, you, I mean, you got you to gotta sometimes just kind of – you know who's here, who's going to play, who's right. not. The Rangers roster, let's be honest, their top four lines are set. It's where they're jockeying for positioning. Or maybe they have a spot open as the 13th forward and the 7th defenseman. That I is got it. One more. Their roster is set. I got set. one more for you there then because this brings me to my next point. And it's something that we're going to have to watch very closely develop over the, the rest of the preseason. There's been obviously the preconceived notion that that 6th, 5th or 6th, however you want to, whatever number you want to put it on, that the third pairing mm-hmm. is going to be Nemeth and Lundqvist. I came away from watching 
the first preseason game against and this and granted one was against the Islanders who sent some people to come play the game. The other was against Boston who sent nobody to come play the game. Listen, Lundqvist did nothing wrong in this game whatsoever. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I thought he was solid. I thought that he was he was showed he can handle a little bit of physical play. He didn't seem intimidated by it. You know, he took a couple of, of hits in the corner, moved the you know was still able to move the puck with his skate. You know, in a tie up that was in the corner. So I came away impressed. I was like, all right, well, you know, he he answered my first question what you know, about how he would handle you know some physicality. But what mm-hmm. I saw from Zach Jones against Boston was special. I. I mean, it, it looked like Adam Fox with speed was what I saw out there. Mm-hmm. It was very, very impressive. So to just say it's a foregone conclusion, I don't care that he's that he that he's lefty. If he continues to play like that during the preseason, then I'm. You can't tell me that you, he needs to start in Hartford, so that Patrick Nemeth or I understand you're not going to put Jones and Lundqvist as a pairing. That's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But if Lundqvist just continues to show, okay, you know, he looks good, he looks solid, and Jones is special, then Jones has to play. And you let Lundqvist go to Hartford to start the season. So I, I'm not right. saying that that's what should happen. That's a great observation. I'm just saying that from I what was I saw, bring that up let's, myself. You know, let's see how we play, Jones plays the next opportunity he gets against maybe some more NHL right. talent. He may not play the same right. Way. But just from what I saw from mm-hmm. these two games, Jones looked special and Lundqvist looked like an NHL player. So it's not putting anybody down. It's just if, right. I mean, <laughs> if a guy looks that good, I mean, it looked like it looked like Quinn Hughes out there with that speed. He was fast. I don't remember being that fast. Yeah, he was moving. I mean, he was moving. Again, I mean, listen. Let's be. Let's let's also we got to break the competition he played against with nobody there. But he did, and I, and I also thought Braden Schneider. I mean, Braden Schneider played fantastic as well. That pairing was great. I'll be honest with you. Of that game, those are the two guys that really came away. Oh, and Pananyemi has a phenomenal shot. I'll tell you right now, and we'll we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get into him, but we'll we'll finish off on Jones. But those three guys in particular, really, because that's those who I was looking at. I'm not looking at Ryan Strom. Right. I'm right. not looking at Greg McKegg. I'm not looking at you know. Um, I wasn't even looking at Reeves. And, um, Sammy Belay, I guess I was watching a little bit because I never saw him play. So, um, but was I um, wrong in how I? I'm sure, sure we'll get into was your boy. I wrong in how I? I'm sure we're going to get into your boy at some point. <laughs> But anyway, Jones, hands down, was their best player. I thought so. Yeah, hands down. Yeah. The the issue, and I'm telling you, it's it's coming, it's coming, and it, and I, mark my words, Patrick Nemeth is going to be the next Michael Rosenball type guy. Nick Holden, um, he's going to be that next whipping boy for this franchise. Just mark it down yeah, on the calendar. He doesn't do anything spectacular. September 30th at nine nineteen mm-hmm. on this show. He is going to be the whipping boy because you got all these guys that are creeping up behind him. Now, we haven't even seen Matthew Robertson right. yet. And this team is so deep on defense that Hunter Skinner nope. didn't get a game and Toma Reunion right. didn't get a game. I so think they know what they so have deep. in Parmo, though, to be honest. Organizationally, I think they know what they I'm have. I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm disappointed. I'm not surprised, but I'm disappointed. Round pick. 23 years old. I mean, it, it's it shit off, off the pot. I mean – he either he and I said he bombed in the pre, in the in but the rookie was, games. I didn't think he was, he was a good fourth at all. or fifth round pick. So for him to not make it, it's not like he was a second or third round pick where you, where you would even have expectations. Yeah, but those are the picks. Those are the but Sean, those are the picks. Yeah. that make you right. a Stanley so champion. You hope that a guy like Pajaniemi, you can draft later in those rounds, turns into being one of those guys. Oh, 
hundred percent. As many 100%. shots as you can. In those places. That guy, but he has to show he us hockey. He can do. He can skate and pl- pl- right. play in the game because Vinny Terry had a great right. shot too. Well, Vinny Terry had a great so, shot if you were playing pickup hockey with no goalie and you were playing posts. Because he could hit a post like no one had ever seen true. at a post. Oh, yeah. He was the king of that. Yeah. <laughs> him and yeah. Jimmy VC, Him and I Jimmy VC, the, the best pond hockey players oh, of all time where all you got to do is hit posts. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, he was the king of the but post. But, yeah, no, so that was that, – They should keep a stat on that. showed us a special – like that's, that's a world-class type of shot that he has, you know, playing that off wing with the right hand, you know, right-handed shot. That right. was special. Right now, we just need right. to see can he play hockey give on a top shot. of that in North America. Yeah, we'll I, see. I mean, listen. I mean, I think I think the Rangers um, would be you know skipping through the meadows if this guy turns out to be you know a solid second, third round guy that you got in the late round. And listen, even if, even if he doesn't play for the Rangers, if he plays good enough that you can include him in, in a package right. to get somebody else, you know, it's even more power to you that you're not giving up. You know a high-end guy but i'll tell you i was impressed with with those three guys and Braden schneider too his poise with the puck his skating ability uh he didn't look no, intimidated he, he didn't look down. scared yeah yeah i'll tell you i was i was just yeah. very impressed now again we as we prefaced we have to temper our enthusiasm because they didn't play against a, any type of i mean they played against any a, a slightly Which, above average for schneider that's a step up from anything he's played though i, yeah. I agree with that as well so let's see. I mean, this. I'm sure they're going to give these guys a couple of more games. I, I and I like I said, I love the fact that you're just yeah. cutting guys. Matt Rempe gone. Um, you know, they they sent those slew guys to, to put a bunch of guys on waivers today. One of them being Anthony Potato. They they they're they're doing the right yeah. thing. They're cutting down the roster quickly. Let's get to what we got to get to, so we get the, the our regular lineup game ready. And that's what they should be doing. And they've do never done that. Do you want to do a segment time, on Anthony Greco? Or we'll we'll skip that one for this week. <laughs> I forgot he was on the team. Kincaid getting waived. That I thought forgot. was he's interesting. Who's that? Do you think they yeah, saw I actually wasn't going to bring that up I to know you. I did. Tyler Wall looked phenomenal in that game. Again, it wasn't. Again, bad It wasn't Pasternak that he again. was making saves on. I get it. No. But but he did look good, yeah. Tyler Wall. Clearly looked that. better than I did Tyler Wall did look Husker. good. Again, I, I don't think Huska had a lot of – I mean, the goal that was scored against Huska, that Ross Johnson goal against the Islanders, that Ross Johnson hit it out of midair. I True. mean, so I don't know if I blame him on that goal. Georgiev looked horrible. He looked horrible. He wasn't moving. I mean, he still can't stop no. a breakaway. I mean, Casey Sezikis, I mean, is he like is he like the new Gabriel Pajot? I mean, is that is that like this is the new guy that's going to kill them every freaking game? Well, the Islanders have both of them, so maybe. So – <laughs> yeah, well, I don't don't think that they they weren't thinking that when they fucking acquired him. Don't don't even think they weren't thinking it. I'm not sure if L- Lamorello's that um, spiteful, but don't think that that wasn't part of the equation. So can we talk about your first impressions with my favorite player, Sammy Play? I'm gonna be honest with you. I I wasn't I'm not, I wasn't blown right. away by him, but I there were certain things I did like. The goalie interference penalty oh, was bull. bullshit. Yeah, that was a terrible yeah. call by the ref. I mean, he's not even right. in the blue paint. The goalie reaches out with his glove, and he, and he gets yeah. a penalty for that. I mean, to me, that was a, that, I guess they the refs are in preseason too. They can. What I did like, what I did like was that 
he hit a guy behind, and he didn't even look like you hit him hard, and this guy went flying. He sent two guys flying. So, from, yeah. well, I, I, one I remember, but one that I definitively yeah. remember. Um, but listen, again, like I said, like we said on the last show, Brandon Peary scored five goals or six goals in preseason in three games. Michael Grabner was not even a blimp on the radar. Peary's pretty much off the team by midseason, and Grabner has a 20-goal season. So I don't know. How, I don't put that much credence into into preseason anymore. I've seen Matt Gilroy blow it up. I mean, we've seen guys, Eric Cairns. I mean, I, I mean, I can name rattle off guys off, off who had. But you see how he just he hits everything in sight. He hits everything yeah. in sight. Yeah. Right. No, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, I got on a tangent, but listen, it's it's preseason. I I'm not going to sit here and tell you he blew me away. Like he was very impressive, but he did do certain things that I thought were. We're, uh, we're on par with what you were saying, the type of player he was. So. Anything else you want to touch on from the Bruin game? It was a bo- another boring hockey game. I mean, like I said, if it weren't for Panarin, they probably would have lost the game. I mean, I don't, I don't, uh, I didn't see, I didn't see anything from Strom. I don't think he played well. Um, I didn't think Greg McKegg played well. I mean, I mean, I know he's probably going to be one of the last cuts just because of his, uh, you know who he is, I guess. Um, I didn't see anything from Rooney. I didn't see anything from Ryan Reeves that was impressive. Um, I thought Truber and 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 Miller were solid, but again, nothing noticeable. Truber had a phenomenal hit on somebody. Um, no, I mean, like I said, it was Jones, it was Braden Schneider, and it was Panyami. Those are the three guys that I saw that that put, popped in my head when when we when you said, "What do you think the about one- the game?" So the one other thing I'll touch on that I thought was impressive was uh, Keandre Miller, the way that he was able to orchestrate the power play. Um, I thought he was stiff last year when they had him uh, running the second power play right. unit. I guess it was experience. He seems to have just come into this camp with a completely different mindset. A lot of swagger. You know, much more confident that he belongs. 100%. And it's, it's hard. Yeah. That's the hardest part for a rookie is for them you know, to not – forget starstruck, just for them to accept – Hey, I belong in this league, and I think Miller acknowledges that he does belong. Um, he looked much more; he showed a lot more conviction uh, in his passes and the way he moved the puck on the power play. So, mm-hmm. if he does become, yeah, you know, the second uh, power play guy from the blue line, I, I have a lot more confidence in it this year. Um, so, I have some notes from the yeah. Islander game, which for you guys. Um, it was a game I, I normally don't go to preseason games. I would have liked to have gone, but with a newborn, I'm picking and choosing my battles and I'll be there opening night. You made the right yeah. choice. <laughs> I was not going, I was not, you know, <laughs> pressing hard to go to a preseason game, especially yeah. with having to record a podcast. And I had my own hockey game, uh, last night to, to, to ask for three and, you know, five days wasn't happening. So I watched I on it. TV, but Rock was live in attendance at MSG for the first time since 2020. The pandemic, yeah. I didn't. I didn't go to a game last year. Uh, just scheduling contra- uh, conflicts uh, between work and my buddy, who I go to the games with. My buddy Brian, who we go to the games with. Um, listen, I mean, it was a boring, boring game. I don't know how else to explain it. There was nothing interesting about it. They didn't play well. Dr- Dryden Hunt was the only noticeable player on the ice. Um, I thought Tenorti played terrible. I thought Patrick Nemeth was bad. I thought uh, I, I didn't. Nils Lundqvist, I don't think played poorly, but I don't think he played fantastic. Right. Right. So Bennett Kreider was terrible. 
And no one's a bigger Chris Kreider supporter than me. When I read terrible. my notes to you. I mean, wow. they just kept – Sean, they were throwing pucks to no one the entire game. It was like, okay, I have the puck. Throw. I, I, I was like, what the hell are they doing? So I turned I, – Brian and I turned to each other like, are, are they going to – you know, are they just going to just pass <laughs> – like just pass to nobody the whole freaking game? And it was embarrassing. The Goudreau – Call I thought was a little excessive. I understand the blood and all the other stuff. So we really didn't get to see yeah. him play. That kind of threw it off. I thought Gautier had some decent moments. Again, nothing to write home about. Um, he, uh, Georgie was terrible. <laughs> I mean, he was terrible. I mean, I Bro, don't know how is, else to this say. This isn't even funny. But I will tell you, though, I thought Carl Henderson played decent. And I thought Matt Rempe hit everybody on, on, under the sun. And I actually thought Will Cooley played well. And I don't blame him on the Ross Johnson back check because that guy knocked the puck out of midair and you never expected that guy to fucking do that. So let me read my notes because this is funny. So me and Rock have made it a point (laughs) not to discuss this game. We did not discuss this game at all. And I'm watching from home and he's watching from the the, uh, arena. So I'm just going to (laughs) read off my notes that I made. As Loft looked good, looked fine on the right wing, definitely looked more comfortable, confident with the puck. And I loved his reverse hit that he had on Ryan Pollock. He saw Puller come yeah, that was and he good. fucking launched right back into him. Yeah, that, that was nice. Was he pulled the awesome Peter Forsberg on him. Kreider yeah, looks nice. completely disinterested. <laughs> Fox and Lingard looked good, fine. Good. Way I put it? Nils looked fine. Tenorti was horrid. Horrid was the word I used to describe Tenorti's effort. Dryden Hunt stood out. Gauthier looked like he normally does to me. Drew a penalty with his quickness. I liked Kraftsov and Heedle together. Henriksen barely played but looked gritty. And the goaltending was straight awful. Those are those are the notes that I made, and they're spot so on. Pretty close to what we what we just spoke about. Yeah. yeah, Dryden Hunt was the only guy right. who was like, "Oh, okay, this and, guy can play." And Gallant said it pretty much. I mean, he might he may make a case for himself as that thirteenth forward. I mean, there's a lot of guys. I, I, listen, I have the I have the strangest feeling the Rangers are losing somebody decent in the and on waivers. Hey, there's too many bad teams. Don't think Buffalo isn't going to try to purge somebody or, or Arizona or the Devils or, you know, there's a lot of teams with not a lot of talent on them. And if there's somebody decent comes along across the waiver wire, don't be surprised. And the other guy, too, is I don't think Lebo Hyatt played bad. And I know I know fans want to climb all over him and bitch more and complain. And we've had our conversations about. Listen, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. But. I mean, the Rangers obviously like Tenorti. They, they signed him to a two-year deal, which I don't yeah, understand. It's no money. It doesn't matter. And Drury had – I'll be honest with you. After the Goudreau thing, and we talked yeah. about this, I do not like Drury's offseason. Yeah. I mean, fair. after that, he just – to me, he completely bombed. It, it, it's very fair. But I want to talk for a second about so, Dryden Hunt, though. And the reason I want to talk about okay. him – and again, it's one preseason game. But let's just, I just want to look at what he did last year for Arizona. So he played in okay. 26 games. He had eight points. So it's playing on a fourth line. He was on pace for, for, for 29 points on a fourth line on a, on a bad team. 26 games. Okay. He had 94 hits. So he's another guy who's willing to basically hit everything in sight also. Now, I've said from right. the day you put your head in your hand, not understanding why we got Ryan Reeves, I've said all along about Ryan Reeves, I do not see him playing 82 games. I see him as a guy who's going to match up against the heavier teams. 
So what I think Dryden Hunt does perfectly for this team is he's the other fourth line winger that can play in the games. You you have no reason to have Ryan Reeves play. You know, if you're if you're playing another team similar to what we were last year, why would you have Reeves on the ice? Like there's no one for him to right. combat. There's no one for him to scare off. Right. You know, especially since we have Goudreau, we right. have Blake. You know, we already have other guys that, God forbid, there is a scrum. They can right. handle themselves. Right. It's not their first rodeo. Same right. with Hunt. And Hunt's not that small. Mm-hmm. He's six foot. But Hunt's someone, you know, can give you a little bit of offense. So at least you have a representative fourth line out there where they are at least a threat to score. 30-point fourth liner is not – that's not anything to sneeze about. How many points? He, on a, in, a, in a full season, he would have had 29 points last year. Wow. Could be a late bloomer. He's 25. He's not old. Could yeah. be a late Undrafted bloomer. guy, so you know he's – Hope he's not as bad as – Hope he's not as bad as Scott Frazier. Undrafted though. guy, so you know he's had a fight so, so. to get here. And he's been in the league now for right. four years. You know, he's with Florida for three years and now with Arizona last year. Right. So – to have night to have that many hits too. That's 90, 91 hits in twenty six games, four penalty minutes. So that's a ton of hitting that's without nice. taking penalties? penalties. Do you think he kills penalties? Does he kill penalties? Uh, do we know? Not sure. But okay. we do know we'll, someone we'll find who, that out. I'm not sure. I don't remember him killing penalties um, the other night. Oh, because Kraftsov is killing penalties now, my man. Kreider was killing penalties yeah, Kreider too. Kreider was. By the way. Kreider was. And then we had Kako killing Kako, penalties. Sorry, which we didn't I meant talk Kako, about Kako, Kako yeah. killing penalties the other yeah, night against Boston. So we didn't really touch on that. Listen, I mean, the first person that our coach brought up was another one of your favorites, Rick Nash. You know, Rick Nash would turn him into a, one thing. I will give Rick Nash credit for. He was a very good right. penalty killer. And they there was a year. If I'm tell me if I'm wrong, that they had quite a few shorthanded goals because of Nash and and Grabner. So, you know, listen, it's 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 a nice tool to have. It spreads out the, it deepens your lineup. When you start Kreider. I know Kreider's got the worst hands in the in the entire universe. Yeah. And he stayed on side for all the people who like to joke about Chris yeah. Kreider going off sides at all times. Yeah. I don't get yeah. that joke because it's nothing that stands out to me, but it must be a metric somewhere that that's you know, he leads the league in offsides or some shit. But what a so what a do pass. you think do you think it's a Water oh, it's pass. phenomenal. So do you think it's an omen, though, that uh, we, we got shut out by the Islanders again? To start oh, we're not going to score a goal against them all year. Unbelievable. And, and, well, at least Halak's fucking gone. Seriously. Yeah, but Varlamov um, did the same well, shit to us Halak's gone. Not Halak. Not Halak. I mean, Halak's been gone. Uh, but now he's out of Boston, right. at least. So you have to deal with him Where again. Where is he? But at least Varlamov is still there. Halak went to um, – Is he playing in the UHL in Russia? Or whatever that league is called. No, he, he signed with somebody. Who the hell did he sign with? Vancouver? Not Vancouver? I don't no. know. I got to look it up. But listen, another – just another uh, – you know, at least another guy that's – another Ranger killer that – it's just funny how these guys put on an Islander jersey and they just become Ranger killers in a lot of ways. It's funny. I don't, I don't remember guys like, like uh, David Volek owning us or anything like that, you know, back in the day. Uh – no, but there were um, – I'm blanking on – on. there were a bunch of guys. I mean, it's funny because when, when the Rangers were, were bad, they seemed to always play well against the Islanders. Remember Mike Dunham? It was the only team that, that Mike Dunham could beat. <laughs> He's with Vancouver. Halak. Uh, Mike Dunham. Remember, remember when those t- games were? That was like Dunham was the only team that Mike Dunham can beat with the Islanders when the Rangers were bad in, mm-hmm. in that span. Um, but no, I mean, 
I can't think of any guys off yeah. the top of my head. I know I'm missing people. That's a seven-year blur to me still. The whole, yeah. the whole thing. I just call it a thing. Yeah. Even though Lindros played for him, <laughs> well, it's still just a seven-year blur. I mean, I mean, sit back. I mean, we, we've had yeah. this conversation, but those teams should have been better. It was their yeah. breaking goaltender. We had all off-season to talk about that. We had all off-season to talk about that. Yes. We're, to- we're talking right. about – we have, we have right. new, new hockey to talk about here. Um, Absolutely. Kako. Where did the speed come from? He looked fast. Well, he gained six pounds he of muscle. Fast. Is that just yeah, confidence? Again, I want to see him. I, you know, Sean, I, I don't want to. I, I hate. I hate because I know we want to talk about this. I can't get excited about anything of anything even from these in two individual skill? games because. I mean, you saw. I mean, he put the puck between his feet, and uh, listen, I, I'm not saying I like. I like what I saw. I need to see this. During the regular season, we've been burnt too many times by guys having good preseasons and then regular season starts and they play Houdini. And I honestly can't, I can't get excited about it yet. I mean, it's nice conversation for you and I to talk about and, you know, but especially the Boston game, I just can't get excited about a game where nobody was playing and uh, they barely beat them with their number one goalie playing half the game. So, I mean, I mean, they had nobody. I mean, no Pashnak, no Marshant, no Bergeron, no Charlie Coyle, no Charlie McAvoy, no Louis uh, um, Jake DeBrusque. They had nobody playing. So for me to sit here and go, oh, wow, Kako looks so good. I mean, yeah, he's playing against guys that are going to be begging groceries in two weeks. You know, it's not – it's just not – I just can't get excited over it. I'm sorry. I just – it's it, it's nice. I think I think he looks. I mean, just I'm going to tell you my opinion of Kako. The guy looks from his interview. I I, I saw the interview on on uh, on the, the on yeah. on YouTube. He looked like he's ready to take that Dunk. next step. His body, his facial expressions. He looks more like yep. a man. No, hundred percent agree with that. But we need that needs yeah. to transition transition into goals and points. Because like we talked about last time, he was one of our best skaters in the bubble. He was fantastic. He did this. He did that. He put up one point. So I don't care how good he looks. I don't care how much weight he's put on, how much muscle he's done. None of that matters to me. It's what he does on the ice and how much production he gives us. That's it. That's all that matters to me. So we'll see. And Panarin looked like he was in rare form, though. Panarin looked like he (laughs) wanted to show that he was healthy. And I'll tell you, that Boston goalie, listen, his name escapes me. I don't remember his name. and I apologize. He played pretty damn good. He made some good saves. I mean, he had Pan, Pan Yemi was on 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 the uh, on the left wing with the one timer like on the first one, and he crossed or post he hit on the first one. He had he had the crossbar yeah. on the first one, and yeah, then the other safe. guy the, the next time the guy got yeah. over and got it with the blocker. Yeah. That was a that, so and and then Panarin got robbed on a breakaway. Yeah. I mean, the goalie played well. The goalie played well. Not no surprising that a Ranger. You know, it's like it's like the Yankees with a pitcher they've never seen. It's the Rangers with a goaltender they've never played against. Well, it's no Stands this heads, a.k.a. Year, Dustin right? Kotarski. He's, he's, he's moved on? No, but they got Linus Allmark. Weird no two the Buffalo, The Buffalo stud. Rask's been their goalie for What's a decade. That? It's weird when a goalie moves yeah. on. You know, it's like so ingrained in what that team is. Yeah, like Longquist, right? It's still weird yeah. that he's not here. Let's talk about him for a bit. So, Of course. <laughs> it's, it's It's funny. Who were oh Sean McCaffrey brought up to me 
going. Isn't it funny how uh, it all comes back to money when we talk about Lundquist and the the prices Why? that are going in the secondary market for uh, tickets to January twenty eighth? Are you surprised? I'm surprised for what they're going for. I yeah. mean, I've I, I've tur- I've already I turned don't... down a thousand dollars a ticket. I was offered for my for your seats. seats. Well, just to put this into a little bit of perspective, I when I. I used to have two pairs of tickets, two pairs of seats. I had my seats where I'm sitting now, and I had another set of seats. A in section this garden over. or the old garden? In the, in both. Okay. In both. I got rid of them when they started doing the tier pricing because I it's just – Because there was no yeah. money to be made. Because it used to be the same price. For everyone who doesn't know, the range of tickets used to be the same right. price across the board. So you used to be able to sell – you know. Your, I had two pairs, so I used to be, make money. I mean, there were games I made two hundred fifty dollars right. a ticket on a fifty dollar game. Um, but uh, so, if my memory serves me correctly, now this was also I don't know how many years ago when Adam when Leach retired. I think it was okay. Leach when Leach or Graves retired. It was one. It was Graves. I'm sorry, it was Graves. That's the one. I, I got at. over three hundred dollars a ticket. From my seats. And what was your face value back and then? And I don't sit as low as what you do. What was your face value back then? 40 bucks. Wow. So that's six to- a little more than six times your, your face value. And you're talking about a guy that's been retired for how many years who was a nice player, but let's we talked about this, probably shouldn't have had his no, number he retired. Was, he was beloved. I, I mean – Graves was the fan. He was beloved. Him. Right. Again. Andy Batcase number. If the Rangers retired Matt Zuccarello, if the Rangers had won the cup in 2014 and they retired Matt Zuccarello's number, be similar to Graves. I I think Graves has a little bit more baseball held records. Is anyone more loved besides Hank possibly than uh, Zuc? Which, by the way, is Uh, anyone shocked that that Hank? Because me and Rock have both been told by our reps for the last month. When we're like, listen, because it was very tough for us to try and sell any of our tickets, not knowing Mm -hmm. when the Hank game is, because God forbid you sell your tickets to somebody and it winds up being that game. It's like, what? You got to be kidding me. Yeah. So it was, you know, anytime someone offered me money for tickets, I'm like, ah, you know, I'll sell them to you. But if it winds up being that game, you know, they're coming back. (laughs) Yeah. Of course. Which for some people didn't work out and I didn't wind up not being able to sell them. But. The whole time I'm sitting there thinking, sick to myself, I'm like, that our reps told us it was all on Hank, that they were waiting for Hank to let them know mm-hmm. what date. And so it was a to surprise of anyone that Hank would pick the day his best friend's going to be in the building. And, you know, I mean, and don't, and don't you lose sight of Cam Talbot being in the building, too. I mean, in a very you important had a relationship. I'm not sure their relationship. Yeah. No, I'm not. I know. I don't. But it's still. An interesting storyline where your ba- the backup goalie that was there probably for his two of his best seasons, 14 right. and 15 season, was, was going to be there as well. And I think that's – I mean the fan base has a soft spot for Cam Talbot. As they should. There, there, is, there is a contingent of fans – and there were a contingent of fans that wanted yep. to dump Hank and right. keep Talbot. So it's, it's a nice storyline. It's very poetic. Um, it's fitting. Um, it's it's a nice send off. Um, like I said, where I'm excited to see who's going to be there. It's going to be a great night, and like we said, it's it's a night 
that's going to be different because it's not nothing to do with 1994 for the right. first time. A current player, and I'm not talking about the gag line, and I'm not talking about Bathgate and Howell, but a current player who's played recently, who was not part of '94. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. a lot of no, yeah, this you know, is, it's a, it's the first is going to have his number retired. It's going to be, it's going to be exciting. I'm, I mean, the juices are going to be flowing. This is the first time somebody. I, don't, I hope they this win. This is the first time we're going to celebrate anything in that building that's after the lockout. It's the first post-lockout celebration for events that happened after the lockout. There's no cup to celebrate. Yeah. yeah. Got you. Yes. So right. all the names, right. like right. I said, right. we had that whole okay. show where we talked about all the names that we would love to see, hope to see, who we expect to see. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see who's in the building. What I do like, because I was the only number of retirement I've been to was Graves and for the life of me, cannot remember how long the ceremony was. I didn't know if it was a half hour, if it was 45 minutes. They have told us that the ceremony will start and it'll be 90 minutes. It's an hour and a half ceremony. Mark Messier night, if I remember correctly, was an, over okay. an hour and a half. Long. That was the longest so one said, by far. Because they brought back they brought back every single um, I mean, not yeah. every single, but they brought back almost the entire 94 team. Mark Messi and I was a long night. And I'll be honest with you, mm-hmm. the game was by far the, the most entertaining. Leech night, dud. dud. Graves night, dud. Bathgate night and Powell night, dud. They all yeah. were duds. E- even Mike Richter night was a dud. I think they played the wild that night. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so if someone's going to offer me, you know, two grand for my tickets, I'm like, that's four grand. And I mean, do I really care about a Minnesota Wild game in the middle of January? I'm like, you know, for the hour and a half, ah, I don't know, four grand, four grand would be hard for me to turn down, dude. That'd be very hard. No, I get it. I two get grand? It. No. Is that what you have them up for? Four if grand? offer me two grand a ticket? That'd be very yeah. hard to turn down. I'm not going to lie. I well, have, listen, I you have know, you can take. Listen, you take two grand, then you sit upstairs yeah. for for. Uh, I have five hundred on, on Ticketmaster <laughs> right now for twenty five hundred a piece. If someone gets drunk and just buys them, I mean, there's nothing I can do at that point. <laughs> I get it, but uh, no. Listen, I've 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 been I've only one. Like I said, I missed I missed Bath I missed Rattel night and I missed Hatfield night because of work stuff. I'm kind of sorry I didn't go now because it would it would have been nice to say I've been to all of them just to kind of feel what the garden uh-huh. was like. But I went to Howell and Bathgate night, and it was so depressing and just sad. And the, the fans just didn't right. know how to react to that because did, did you got you got three probably a, half your fan base doesn't never saw these guys right. play. That's but uh, the Lundquist the Lundquist night is going to be oh, it's going to be different. It's, it's going to be special. Uh, I'll, I'll probably walk out with a bag of stuff like I did for every other <laughs> retirement. So uh, it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm bringing like a. Like a hard plastic folder for the uh, for the banner, so that they, it could join the wall with. Uh, I have Leach, Leach, Graves, and Messier. I have hanging from the uh, the rafters of, of my awesome. office. So I'll be That's able so to cool. add, uh, add hang to it. I had my friend in Tampa get me. Uh, I have a Saint Louis oh, Tampa Bay retirement. That's badass. Yeah, they, yeah, they gave that to me, which I thought was pretty cool. You don't have a Saint Louis jersey, yeah, it's do you? Exciting. Okay. No, good. I don't. But I do have his game. I do have a game use stick that he used in 2014. Which you cannot use because you're too tall. <laughs> no, definitely not. It's a cool stick, though. The yellow, it's a warrior. The old yellow. That's what I love yeah. about him. It's like you yeah, could, yeah. You, could, you could blindly yeah. look at the TV and just be like, oh yeah, it's San Luis with the yellow stick. 
And then who yeah, was it? Was I it Foss that goal. started using the yellow stick also? Someone else no, was using I, yellow stick. I'm like, all right, that's not, that's not Marty. No, I forgot who it was, though. Not that not you mention it. Do you remember when, when uh, Brandon Lemieux was using the old white yeah. stick? <laughs> and it was getting lighter lost on the ice. That's, yeah. That's weird, that's, dude. The things we notice, yeah. right? Those are always things I notice. Well, listen, if, they do, if you get five grand for your tickets, you could probably then turn around and find a seat for probably 500 bucks and sit up upstairs if you really want. I don't know. I don't know if you can get tickets for 500 bucks right now. Day of, maybe. I don't know. I'll tell you right now. I wish I had, I wish I had my second pair of of season tickets. I probably, my seats would be paid for for the year. Well, they were showing that the the only way to get tickets for a decent price is to buy the 11 game plan. And the Rangers strategically planned that. Of course they did. So they're now, they don't want season ticket holders, dude. They don't want us anymore. They want to be able to charge more money Correct. for less games. That's I mean, it's, business model. it's so corporate. Listen, I can sit here yeah. and bitch about this more all day. To, I, this is but, off-season, off-season yeah. shit to bitch about. The yeah, thing. no, this is off-season banter. Um, but um, what I wanted to ask you this. What did you think? What have you thought? Have you listened to any of the team interviews like with uh, with Heedle or with um, – Who's the other guy that talk, spoke uh, with Kako? I mean, have you have you what, what was what's been your opinion of these guys? Like you, you see it? Is it me? Like you said, you see you see a swagger that's different than Completely we've seen in the past from some of these. The guys, most right? interesting interview I've seen so far, I think it was Strom who spoke today, and he was asked about uh-huh. the differences. You know, if he noticed any differences in style as far between Gallant and Quinn, and I don't. I'm not quoting it. I'm not looking at it right now. But basically, the gist of it was. Mm-hmm. The systems are much easier. He's never in the locker room. So from what I'm gathering from Strom is that Quinn was overly you know, a big micromanager who confused them with systems. So, I mean, he, he basically said that it doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure out how we have to play. It's all about execution and working hard out there. Okay. Are you surprised that he's like that? No. He was a player. A lot. <laughs> Well, that that and look at the track record. Let's just go backwards. So you got Gallant, hands right. off. Quinn, hands on. Vigneault, hands off. Tortorella, hands on. Yeah, you always go with the opposite of what you had. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's. I mean, Tortorella maybe was a little, maybe a little bit of both. But you know, Tortorella seemed like he had them in film session every single fucking day. <laughs> And then remember we were watching the twenty four seven. I like to Tortorella to the, uh, the the winter classic. Yeah, and it seemed like they yeah. were in film session every after you know every morning. Whereas Gallant says he barely ever uses film unless it's really necessary. He got that two thousand twelve team that oh, had absolutely no business oh. going as far as they did, and they, they still should have beat, beat the Devils hundred percent. Got them that far with Stu Bickle. As one of their six defensemen. End of story. Oh, I love Torrance. End of story. Not, not, certainly not shitting on him. I'm just, I'm just talking about the differences. And I think the team respects yeah, it's, Gallant because he played in the league. I don't think that they respected Quinn. The, they really don't. And not only do you respect Gallant, he was a phenomenal player. Ooh. He wasn't a slouch. Like, exactly. He wasn't a bender. Like he was a – I mean we talked about mm-hmm. this. So I don't want to get back on another tangent about it. He was Stevie Wise yeah. winner. 
I mean, he was money, this guy. Who also played physical and fought and did everything. So the exact way he's asking these guys to play is how he played. Right. So it's not like he's asking you to do something he hasn't done himself. Right. What I don't like, and maybe it's a stupid little thing, he, when he refers to the team, he says they. He never says we. Now, is no, that, does that no, I think that the players appreciate it. Bother I think you? That they appreciate it. Yeah. You think so? It's giving it's them, the, it's giving it almost them feels- the praise, but also giving them the accountability. Okay. All right. I'm not used to that. I mean, to me, it just it just seems like he's not connected to the team yet. Like he's still he's kind of like. How could he be? And I just feel like pretend. when a coach comes in, you want to. Let's notice no, that. No, I know, but I just feel like when a coach Take comes in. Take note of that as the season goes on. Let's see if four we'll months see. from now, if it's a we and not a they. Right. I, I think he's extremely blunt and extremely genuine to the fact that he's not uh-huh. trying to pretend that he knows who these guys are. Let's appreciate that for what that okay. is. You know what I mean? I listen. I don't agree with that. I mean, I, I, I think it's all for one and one for all. I mean, it is what it is, whether you know guys or not. I've never heard a coach, and again, maybe I've never listened to it that right. closely. Um, say they didn't do this, they didn't do that, and not we. We've also never didn't had a coach. This. We that didn't do that. Was blunt to be like, I'm not reaching out to anybody. I'll see them when they get to camp. <laughs> I'm not going to reach out to my star player. I mean, Tortorella's as blunt. I mean, Torts was as yeah, blunt as you could find. Did you see Torts not reach out to? Well, Torts came in mid-season, so it's a little different. Right. You know, could you imagine a new coach not reaching out to Hank during the offseason? Gallant sounds like he he would have. He, he didn't reach out to Panarin or Zibanejad. He didn't reach out to Kreider. He's, I'll meet. I'll meet these guys. You know, face to face, man to man. When I when I see him at camp, that's good. Listen, I, I don't. I'm not going to sit here and criticize his. I'm not criticizing his. Yeah, I'm um, just pointing out the different the way he handles the team. Right. I just I just never heard a coach say they 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 right. they they and not we. It was just it's just a very different thing. I just I just can't. It just it just I can't get comfortable with it. It's just strange to me. Right. But listen again. It's it's two preseason games in. It's with three week. We two weeks into training camp. Three weeks at the training camp. Yeah, two, two weeks, weeks, I guess. Two, two weeks, weeks, Wednesday. So, I mean, listen, it is what it is. They just need to. They need to win games. That's all I care about. <laughs> just win games. What do you think of Heedle? Again, I, I know you don't. You don't got to tell us that you don't take anything out of preseason game. But just curious, what did, did you see a difference? I wasn't did impressed. I did, wasn't impressed okay. with this game. There was nothing. That I didn't I liked. pay any attention. To, I saw all I saw was the statistic that we did well in faceoffs, but it, no one stood out to me. What was what was his faceoff numbers? I'm saying I don't have numbers know? in front of me. I just remember seeing okay. the graphic pop up like midway through the third period or something like that. And we had won fifty three or fifty five percent of the faceoffs. Right, right. They did well. I know that. I know the faceoff numbers weren't weren't terrible on, on we, in either and, game. And you criticized um, Jury. No, we we criticized Jury a lot. Let's give him credit where credit's mm-hmm. due for bringing in. A retired linesman to help. Oh yeah, yeah we should talk about the, that. Uh, the faceoffs, Pierre Rassico. Yeah, that's brilliant. No, I mean I've never seen that before. I think, I it's, think it's, brilliant it's brilliant too. Neither have I. I've never heard of someone doing that. That's that's it's very one thing refreshing. To have a retired lineman I, do it as opposed to a coach who, you know, it's obviously a lot different than how a lineman's going to drop a buck. Right. Listen, I, I listen. I think Drury, the jury, the jury's still out on him. 
So it's hard. And I know it's hard to say that quick for like, uh, We're trained professionals times, but, at this. Come on. You got this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it, he's doing things that I think are out of the box, which I do like. I do. I do like. I right. like that he's brought in that guy, Midgley. He thought out of the box with him. He brought in Martin. I mean, he's he's bringing in some different little little things that are different than we've been used to. I mean, like you, like we talked about, Gordon was just an extension of Glenn Sather. Let's be let's be fair. He didn't change right. anything. He Pretty much it. everything was exact. The way Glenn Sather was a transition, and Gordon essentially left. I mean, the only thing Gordon was better at is he did talk to the media more than Sather did. Sather, you heard from Sather twice right. a year, trade deadline, and at the draft. Right. That's it. You never, heard, you never heard from Sam the whole rest of the year. Not want to speak to the media. No, I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna hear once before the season starts. I, I think you're gonna hear from him more yeah. more than you think. I'll be shocked. I think. I, 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 the only reason I'm saying that is I think in this mm-hmm. day and age, in the way the world works with with media, you need to make yourself available. It's not like you can't hide behind an iron curtain anymore. You know, say there had the the carte blanche to do those things because he. I guess he was older and he was living off his past right. and of all the stuff the fan base didn't, maybe the fan base, he felt the fan base didn't want to hear. But um, I no, I think, I think Drury is, is a different, a different breed of GM. I think he's going to be similar to Gordon. I think he's going to make himself similar to where available the way Gordon did. Um, I, or already, I think he's been available more than Gordon's ever been, uh, especially early him. on. I Once. mean, obviously, well, he talked at the draft he spoke at the beginning of training camp. He spoke when he got the job. He spoke when the season ended. So, I mean, he, he spoke, you know, he actually spoke twice at the draft. He spoke at the, the first day of the draft after the Buchnevich trade. He spoke right. the second day after the draft after the second day. So, Gordon right. never did that. What I am liking. He never did that. He never spoke both liking, days. It's, and just, it's, it's just a characteristic I'm seeing from him so far. When he identifies right. a need, he just he nips it in the ass right away. Face off, toughness is a need. I'm going to trade my seventh round pick for Goudreau and get him signed, regardless of what it's going to take. Right. Uh, Bush for Blay. Face offs are a need. I'm going to bring in a face offs coach and I'm going to bring in a linesman to help with face offs. Like, whatever the need is, he just, he's not procrastinating. He takes care of it right away. You know, to, for that, that was obviously all offseason discussed that they need to get better on face offs. Right. And it's not like we're going to bring in right. a face off guy. Because Heedle's going to be our center and Strom's going to be a center. Mika's going to be – like these are our centers. Get tr- Build them up. Train them up. You don't just replace them. And that's what you and I right. preached. It's not like that can. If this team is going to – well, if if, if Philip Heedle's going to be this team's second-line center and, the, and their center right. of the future, especially on the second line, he's got to be able to win at face-offs. At least at a 45% clip. Like, you can't just be 30, you know, 40 or 36%. Now, he has gotten better every single Listen, season. So, you want my theory? And again, this is just me spitballing. I personally think Hedl has always been their, their idea of their second line center. I agree. He's athletic. He's a big kid. He's a big body. He can move the puck. He's a very good skater. Um, and I honestly think that they were looking to bring in Matthew Deneau to be this team's third line checking center. Philip Deneau. I just that's just Philip my Deneau. theory. Yeah. Oh, Philip. What did yeah. I say? Matthew Deneau. I'm oh, sorry, Philip Deneau. Matthew apologize. <laughs> Matthew. No, there was a uh, a Matt. There was a Matthew Deneau. He played for uh, Montreal. I think the Rangers had him in their minor league system Rocks, for a little bit. Random Ranger. But yeah, there you go. Uh, Philip Deneau. Excuse me. And uh, 
No, I, I think that was their plan. I, I that listen, that could be just a, that's just my theory, yeah. but um, I think they wanted a, a guy that was just proficient on faceoffs and penalty killing, and that's what right. he would have brought. And you think about how good that third line. I mean, obviously, you would have paid the no. You know, I think good amount know, of money. If he was brought here, would have but, been on the second line, and Strom would have been out. I don't know about nah. I don't see. I don't. I don't think so. But that's just me. I think he would have. They would have set him, saddled him up with Goodrow on the third line. They would have. They would have been able to pop in because Deneau's not a goal scorer. So then where he would have popped into the random goal. He would have killed penalties and he would have won so big faceoffs. Second line center. They would have moved him up. So where would Strom be? And and Strom would have been to either. All the teams oh, that he's been saying, rumored yeah, to go right. to for if the last Deneau three years. Here, Strom would have been traded. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, I'm no, sorry, no, I misunderstood. That's, that's I apologize. But I think that they would have put Deneau with with hundred percent. I don't know why, just a, just a gut. I don't know. I, because we're going to see. Because if Heedle was not good enough on face, you have to have someone on that can win faceoffs if you can have Panarin on the ice. Because Panarin, that, you, know, you want him starting shifts with the puck. Well, Panarin's also very good at retrieving sure. pucks. And if you also have somebody on the line that can, that can you know, you need your wingers. I mean, we both yeah. play center. You're only as good as your wingers sometimes. If your wingers don't tie up, tie up their guy or – they don't jump in on the faceoff or, you know, whatever. If you don't tie, if you tie up, if you tie up your center, and your winger don't come in to get the puck, then sometimes you need your wingers to be just as important to winning faceoffs right. as the centerman is, unless you're winning pucks clean That's back to I the do. point. <laughs> well, it doesn't always work that way, but I'm saying, yeah, no. Depending on 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 your type, like remember Peter Nedved, he was the the he was one of the best with lifting the stick and up kick, yep. and kicking the puck yep. back to the point. Or the turnaround faceoff win, where you just spin around and win that and one. Kick. Which right, I'm there are a lot of guys player, so like I that. Never do that. <laughs> well, you tie up the guy and you let the winger right. come in and take the puck. How many times do you have you do that? Especially the guys. Oh, right wing. Get my ass kicked by the same well, unless, guy all game. I eventually just tell the winger, "Listen, this guy, <laughs> I'm physically bigger than anyone I'm taking a face off against, so I'm just going to tie the guy up. Just come take the puck." <laughs> Did I ever tell you the story when I I was down in? Um, um, Fort Lauderdale. I played against Brian Bickle oh, down there, and he was right, a winger, right. but he played center. The guy is fucking huge, yeah. and even at half speed, he's yeah. and he's playing skating half speed, and he's, uh, you know, sick. Like he's right. not, he's not, he wasn't playing anymore. And I went up face off. I creamed him on every face off that he actually said to me, "Are you going to let me win one?" <laughs> I said, dude, you played yeah, in the NHL. I'm not going to get you away with anything. So he started laughing. So finally, he just tried to tie me up. And a couple of times it worked until I realized what he was doing. And then I, you know, I made a point of lining up differently. But, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, if playing center is tough. I mean, there's certain, there's, and, you, and then there's certain guys that just own you in the faceoff circle. I mean, we played yeah. against guys that, right? You played against guys that you just could and not be. No matter what you did, you just could not be. There's there's guys in our league that like have played you know they play juniors and they're still in their twenties and I'm forty years old and I'll beat them all night long on faceoffs and then I'll just find one guy that's right. five seven a buck sixty and for the life of me I just cannot fucking beat him can't beat him I'll I'll go zero for eight but against some really fucking skilled talented guys last night last night by the way championship bangers hockey yeah winning winning yes. these. Does anyone on your team listen to the no. show? God, no. Okay. Who who's the kid with, with the hat that looks like it's ready to burst off his head that's standing next to you? 
I mean, the hat looks like it's three sizes too small for him. It, it looks like he's ready to just like his, it's going to pop right off his head. That's our best player. He played at West Virginia. Yeah, is he? I figure. He, how old is he? 22, 23? There you go. Because that I, I what made me think of that was do you remember when uh, Zach Jones got called up last year and he was wearing his hat very similar to that. And these his hats coach that they gave from, him, uh, fairness, these said, hats that they gave us are fucking awful. Well, no one else, no one else hat yeah. looked like that. But it made me think of the of when UMass uh, Carvel was talking about uh, Zach Jones and said, "Well, could you? Could, I mean, I didn't teach him how to wear a hat like that." So I just the first thing that popped right. into my head was that interview with uh, with UMass. So I, I figured he was he was a youngster. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> but Thank congratulations you. anyway. Thank Good job. You. I had a Congrats. fucking post last night so squarely. I felt like Latieri. I didn't let it go for like a, the or rest Jimmy of the VC. fucking period either. We're down two to one <laughs> in the early second period. And yeah. one of our best players comes ride right. I just go straight to the far post. Somehow gets the pass through two defenders to Tink. me. Tink. Oh, <laughs> fucking so pissed. Horrible so sound, pissed. right? Yeah, Horrible it's, sound. It's, it's an awful feeling. It doesn't leave you for the whole game. But yeah, we won. Um, I just meant to yep. throw this at you. I don't know if you saw this earlier. Uh, Quinn Hughes, six oh. years, slightly above seven point seven five million. Just something to think about for our defensive yeah. down the road. But throw that out there for everyone who hasn't seen that. Yet. I'm sure you'll see this by the time the show comes out. I'm sure everyone yeah. will know. But um, when the just something happens, else to chew on happens. down the road. I don't anticipate it's going to happen anytime soon. There's no, no reason for it. No. Yet. Well, let me let me to ask you this, and, and we'll we'll get into this. I'm sure down the road, but. So what what would happen? What what do you think Fox would happen to his conscience if he just has a? Oh, shit that's my point. Shit. There's no reason to rush into it. You know, let's nah. see what he does. Right. What what if? So what I if, wanted to, None of us are rooting for this, obviously. But what if he has a forty-five right. point season over a full year? It's not a terrible season for nice. a defenseman. It's not nine million dollars a year. It's decent. It's not. It's Tony D'Angelo. It's four point three. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, no, I mean, it's funny. Like I know, I know this sounds stupid, and, and I know it's cliche, but sometimes contract years could be a, could be a, uh, a mean, curse to just guys. Look at the New York Mets. Yeah, I mean, Cried has never been good in a contract year. Up until this past, up until this past contract he just signed. Previously, he was right. putrid in contract years. Um, what do you think? I'm so I, I was thinking this on the way home. A couple of uh, you know, what if kind of deals? Or not what if, but. Uh, thinking ahead into the season, but Mika, hundred points, yay or nay? I put it at. He's got a thirty percent chance of doing it, which I think is pretty high. What about Panarin? Hundred points, yay or nay? Percent chance of doing it. Ryan Strom repeating uh, output from 70, the last points? two seasons, or are you I taking a step back? 70. If he if he plays. You think he's going to put up 70 Pan- points this year? Panarin's line the whole year, yeah. If Panarin's a 100-point player, his center's Ka- going to get 70 points. Kako, Lafreniere, Kratzov all score 20 goals. Two out of the three. Which you probably would say Lafreniere, Whichever Kako, one's playing the top six. Hedl will, win, Hedl will win over 50% of his face-offs. 10% chance. Because I'll settle for 45. <laughs> 45 would be, a vet, would be an improvement. So if he can get if he improves okay. to forty five percent, I I would sign up for that today. Ryan Strom finishes the season with the Rangers, eighty five percent. Because I wow. think that there's the, the only circumstances he doesn't 
is we are so far out of a playoff spot, which I don't see happening, or we've traded for Eichel during the season, which I don't see happening. What do you think? Rangers finishing in one of the top three spots. 50%. I think Pittsburgh is done. I think they're done too. I think it's 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 Gino's beginning of the end. Two months, Sid's. You know, let let's let's just talk sure. about that for a second because we've been in this position. But I count them out. We've every been in this position year. as, as like, Ranger fans. I know. It's like, but it, I mean, at what point do you say to yourself? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you have two of the two of the best players yeah. of all time ever. on your still ever. on your ever. roster. Malkin's not going to be back for what the first two months of the right. season. Is that right? Sid is still. I hate him to death, but you you can't knock the the guy's still a phenomenal player. player of all time. Um, when do you say, guys, we're done? We when do you say when you wait for these guys to pretty much? Oh no, they have carte blanche. Like, say okay, we're retiring. Burke Burke's an old school guy. Burke is not coming in here to to kick Sid or Gino out. He won't be that GM. If you had one of these new school analytical GMs, maybe, and maybe that's why Burke got this job because. Well, they did bring in Capitan. So, from from a youth standpoint, they did bring in a right, decent they're going to do everything younger possible. player. Sid's what thirty four, five, thirty five. For some reason, I thought he was thirty three last year. He came in the year, the year, the year of the lockout. Right, it was his first year. He was eighteen. Is that right? Sid is thirty four. He just turned. He just turned thirty four. Okay. So this is okay. his age thirty four year. You got to figure he's going to okay. play at least another four years, if not five. I think he because, can play to forty, because you also think about he missed all that time with the, that head injury, right. so it's a lot less wear and tear on his body. I could definitely see Crosby playing until right. he's so, forty. I I don't know if he'll be playing at the level he's playing. He's probably going to drop off. He's probably going to be like Joe Thornton or Marlowe or uh, Mark Recchi or or that kind of guy towards the tail end of their career. But I guess laugh. I don't, I, I, don't Perry. Think he'll, I don't think he'll Thornton. I think Crosby will hang it up. One Crosby's more like Gretzky. Once he feels he's no longer able to be him, that's when he'll leave. I don't Maybe. think he'll, he'll, he'll hang. He's already got three cups. Like I, I don't. I think Thornton's hanging on for a cup. You know, like there's a purpose. Yeah, sad. it is. But but yeah, it's credit. He's able it's to sad. still play a little bit <laughs> in a limited role. Yager just did it I'm to, to not give a fuck. Him going down to Florida. Yager wanted just to play. Yager has a cup. Has two cups. Too. He doesn't playing. care. Like he just loves. He just wants to just keep playing. Well, I mean, from what we've heard about him, he's he doesn't want to play yeah. anymore. He's actually being yeah. forced to play until his father. As, but uh, that which is sad. Passes, he's going to play. Which is sad. It's his yeah. father's team. But uh, you know, but but like back to what we we're talking about. Like when like. Do you think – all right, let me ask you this. Let's put it this way. So now say you would say Sather and Burke are contemporaries kind of you would say, right? Uh, Maybe Sather was a little bit before well, yeah, him. Yeah, he was, he was before him. Slightly before him. Slightly before him. If Sather was still in control of the team in 2018, 17, when they decided to do the rebuild, or was it 18? 17 or 18 when they decided to do the rebuild. Are they still going for it? If Sather was still involved? Yeah, if Sather yeah, was the general manager of the New York Rangers in 2018, and he didn't want her on his. Well, he also left in in the summer of 15, but 
I mean, he left Gordon with no, with right. nothing in the cupboard. Let's be fair; he left him a car with 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 with, uh, with the driver's seat. The run That's about was it. Over. They took their chance with Richard, uh, San Louis, Nash. I think he realized that that team was going to only just get older, and you know, I think that Eric Stahl move was was a Sather move. Still, I do. I don't think. Listen, Eric Stahl went on to have a wonderful here. season with Minnesota. Guy he the wasn't wrong played. No, he wasn't played in the right spot. Wrong guy for the wrong coach. Yeah, Vigneault wasn't a Vigneault guy, I guess. But I don't know. The uh, I just think that eventually they're going to have to say to themselves, you know, what are we doing? I guess they're going to keep hanging on. I mean, I, I if I how do you, I guess how do you turn to Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang and say, thanks guys for your three cups? Where no, we're they'll, moving on. they'll retire. I mean, essentially, you would have to say. You have you have to say that and that's this why they're is both Burke in. But you know these guys make me these guys make me laugh because you know I mean obviously Malkin's contract's almost I up. I think this is the last year of it, right? But yeah. All right, you want to keep going? Sign for a yeah. million dollars. No, that's my point. It's like, do you want to win a championship again, or is it about money? Like even Ovi, I understand Ovi's going for Gretzky's record. They have a championship. The guy's thirty-eight years old. You needed to take top dollar. You really, I mean, you really need it. I mean, how much money he's made? You already have a championship. I, Sean, yeah. I'm not. I don't disagree with you. The Rangers walked away from Mark Messier, where there was no salary cap. They walked away from him because they said, "Well, how many? How long are we going to pay pay for the Stanley Cup you brought us?" And they walked away from them because of money. At what point do you say to yourself, "All right, fine, take care of us now during the salary"? Leonis has money coming out of his rear True. end. Take care of us now. And pay him on the Take back less money. Pay him when he retires. Pay him a million, two million dollars a year to do nothing, but sit and wave his hand at a game once a year. I, I mean, I know, I know that that sounds like uh, a conspiracy thing, or you know that stuff like that behind happens. the scenes shit doesn't happen. But I'm sure it does happens. down the road. But why? Why would you need to take top dollar? You want to win another championship? You're thirty something years old. You need to make nine million dollars a year. I mean, you can't. You could make five, and put that four, three, four million dollars towards the team to try to win another cup. Gretzky came here for less money. The best player that ever played this sport came to the New York Rangers. He said, "I am the first guy that has ever come to New York for less money." Why did he come here? Because he wanted to win a championship. He wanted to win another cup. These players nowadays. (laughs) I know that's another story. We can we can talk about that over the summer. But that's my point. With these guys, all they all all that matters is money. You may how much more do you need to make? It's it's got to just how much money has Ovi made in his career? It's got to still just be a respect thing. I I get. Listen again, again. I get it. It is a respect thing, and I know I'm going off on a really bad tangent. My feeling is, is when does it become about winning and not about top dollar? Fair. Rangers chase Messi out of the door. I mean, it, it happens. Fair. So, yes. sorry. But about when that. you look at the division, Blue Jackets, bottom feeder, Isles are a contender, Hurricanes are a contender, Devils are still, I think, two steps below us as far as when they're ready. Oh, they're, they're way below us. They got a lot of young talent, dude. A lot of young talent. They're going to be very good. Yeah, I mean, Ty Smith. 
Ty Smith, Jack Hughes, Luke, uh, the other Hughes brothers not playing this year. He's going back. No, I'm, no, I'm saying there are two steps behind. I'm not, I'm not impressed with Mackenzie Blackwood or I'm Scott talking about, Wedgwood. I'm talking about over the next five years. Like they're they're going to be very. Oh good. yeah, of they're course. Be very good. Caps. There, there we'll see. Flyers, I think, got better. And the Penguins, I think. But like for me, it's like as a Jet fan, every Corey year was Car- Carter every year Hart. was the year that Brady and the Patriots were done. They're finally yeah. up. They they're going to come back to the pack. They're they're done. We got a chance. Like the the Penguins feel like that for the last five years. I've been saying they're done. You know, the team's done. They got nothing there because when you look at their at their roster, it's the two, it's the three guys, and nothing else. Doesn't that kill you that they just keep bringing up players? That's what greatness that does. You could put you anybody never heard with greatness, of. and it turns into success. They're great. They're two of the best players of all I time. Guess. Okay, and they're yeah, centers, right. so they make everyone we'll around them better. That's what a center does. We'll see. That I've always said this, and you and I've had this discussion. Good, great centers make right. good players. But when better. you have great wingers, you can have a, an average center, which we which we see with Strom and Panarin. Because the bottom line is, how right. many times when that line is on the ice does the puck go in the net? Doesn't matter who's the one putting it there. Right. You know, listen. I mean, we're gonna. The fan base is gonna see. Next year, and we'll show we'll talk about it when Ryan Strom is gone and they're scrambling to find somebody right. to replace him. They're going to be wish, and, and listen, I hope I'm wrong, but they're going to be saying, Oh man, I wish we could find someone that had good chemistry the way Panera had. You know, it might Strom. have to happen, and this is looking too far in the future. But if Zabanajad's going to get right. that big contract, you may see Heedle and Barron be the second and third centers. That could be where we're headed, and honestly. Or or our boy we'll Henriksen, who we both liked, maybe he you know gets a third line crack eventually. I listen. I thought Henriksen played fine. I mean, I, again, I didn't think he I didn't think oh. he looked out of place. We've seen guys play in these games that look yes. completely out of place. And you brought him up weeks ago, Brody Dupont, and his one game <laughs> that he played for the Rangers against. I think he played against the Thrashers, or I, f- I forgot who we played against, but he looked completely out of place. So. Uh, Listen, I'm, you're right. I mean, it's it's a definitely a distinct possibility that that could, that could happen. But again, we're right. gonna have to see. I mean, there's, there's so many what ifs. I'm excited, and, and and tell me if you agree, because we're going to see uh, all these young guys. Essentially, it's shit or get off the pot this year. A lot, a lot of, of them. them. He don't. Know the a two, lot of them. The two most pronounced. And Kratzov too. It's his first. I it's think. his rookie year. I understand that, but I honestly believe that last year that that was his taste, and now it's time. Like, let, let's go. I still think he has another year. After. I think Heedle has the yes. most pressure on him yeah. of all of them. I agree. Of all of them. But I and, – and I think the other guy I think that's going to have a big year, and we talked about him earlier, I think Keandre Miller is going to have a phenomenal season. I think we're going to see – we're going to see some some giant strides from him this yeah, year. Yeah, Mika playing for a contract. Panarin after a year of just so many – off ice distractions, finally coming in healthy, mentally healthy. You have a bunch of kids who are going to take steps forward. Don't tell me that Adam Fox does not have a chip on his shoulder after. I mean, the guy just won a Norris Trophy, and he has gotten nothing but national disrespect since, down to his fucking NHL rating. 
you don't think NHL ratings mean something to players? You are not paying attention. In every sport, their their uh, video game ratings. That's the first thing that they compare each other with. Forget numbers. It's it's their rating. And fa- oh, they know. I know for a fact that he and he looks at that because Ryan Strom was on Vince's oh, uh, Macagliano <laughs> show, and he says that him and him and uh, Fox and Lindgren. Well, Lindgren said that him and Fox play NHL. So there you go. He it's was one of the games that they played. He just won the Norris Trophy. He is an eighty-seven. That's right. A, that's a joke. I honestly like. I think there's a New York bias when it comes to, to all major sports and, and all of them. Of them. That's such a disrespect. Hundred percent, especially He's this not, generation. Right. Like video games were video games were big. Were big. We were the, we, first, we were the we're video the game era. We were the we were the Nintendo right. and Sega generation. But it's hey, at a new level. I mean, they have there's 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 people that get paid to play yes. video games. Millions. That's that's insane. Insane to me. One of my one of my good friends growing up, he works for Google now. He he'd be a millionaire now if he if he played video games for a living. He was fantastic at them. You know, Mortal Kombat and, you know, uh, I can't even think of any of the games off the top of my head. But, I mean, he was phenomenal at it. Street Fighter. I was the guy at the arcade that was just hitting buttons with my entire hands as fast as I could. Oh, yeah. That's me too, man. I I was terrible at video. I mean, I I did play. I did play Nintendo. But I wasn't good at it. I was good at Blades of Steel. (laughs) That's the extent of video. Yeah. Or Ice Ice Hockey. hockey. (laughs) I love that game. But, um, no, I mean – I, I definitely yeah. bought this guys. So this, he's how got a chip on his shoulder. Igor. So one day, Igor is the one guy that worries me. Is the contract too much? You know, does, does he put too much pressure on himself now that he got paid? The goaltending has to. This this is my my thing again. We've seen inferior goalies win cups. He just has to not let in a soft goal. That's it. That's his only right. responsibility. If you play strong defense in front of him, all he has to not do is let in a, sh- a soft goal. Which our blue line should be a strength this year. It should be an absolute 100%. strength. And and like you talked about, and like we said, if this, if if Zach Jones outplays Nils, uh, Nils Lundqvist, Zach Jones should be on the team. I don't care if, if he's ambidextrous and plays with both hands right. the whole game. I mean, I don't care. I want the best six guys on, on our opening of, night uh, dexterity. What do you think of Gallant today coming out and saying, "Listen, Lafreniere is just—he's just way more comfortable on the left side." And Chris Kreider has volunteered, has said, "He put me on the right side." I yeah. think that's fantastic. It wasn't like he had to be asked to. I think it's—I think it's said. kind of shitty from Lafreniere to after one game say he's not comfortable. I don't. It didn't say that Lafreniere said he's not comfortable. Gallant made the observation. Oh, okay. Because I, I could have sworn I read a tweet saying that Lafreniere uh, okay. wasn't comfortable. I yeah. And I could be wrong. Listen, I, I'm just going by what I read. But the I mean, bottom I don't line know. is, you I don't know. Sometimes things get taken out of context. The captain of this team, and that that person just straight up said, "Listen, put me on the right side. Let's you know, let the kid do his thing. I'll I'll, I'll be fine." So, uh, listen. I think I think Kreider Kreider is a lefty, yes. correct? So if he's coming down, he's always played the left side. See, when he's coming down the left side, that, when you throw that stretch pass out there, he's able to catch it on his forehand in stride, which he won't be able to do on right. the right side. And he's not really a shooter, so playing on the right side doesn't benefit him from that sense. But for the most part, he doesn't play. 
he plays in the middle anyway. Zabanajad usually floats around. He, and Zabanajad's and he's a he's by a, the net. He's a greasy goal right. guy. He'll he's figure a net it out. front he's, presence. He's, he's a brilliant human being. He's a smart hockey player who will play right. anywhere and do anything. So, right. And I take nothing away from him being disinterested Listen, in a preseason game. I'm not really concerned with that. No, I, I'm not either. Yeah. Like I said, I just I'm just giving yeah. you what I no, see. I, I saw. I, me too. <laughs> I'm not taking anything me out too. of it. But it's funny that you mentioned yeah. it. That you, <laughs> you just, saw the same thing. It was, it was terrible. And even was even after worse. He, he had the breakaway. He peeled right off. He didn't go get the puck behind the net. He easily could, and it was a penalty kill. So I understand you sitting there trying to rationalize. Well, he wanted to get back into position. No, maybe it was you the end of the, the shift, puck and you trap it against the boards. You try and, and battle it and waste fifteen seconds if you can. I thought that was so weird. After I, he, honestly, dude, I didn't even. I was so disgusted yeah. he didn't score. Or maybe I mean, he at was that too. Point. I just wanted a fucking goal. Yeah. I mean, I'm still now. I've been. I haven't been to a game at the Garden now in probably a year and a half, and I. Would have been nice, nice to get up and see yeah. a fucking goal. I mean, one goal. I mean, give me a break. One goal. I, I, I didn't. Even, I don't care that they lost the game, but yeah, can it's I see a than goal? My first game back when they scored nine. <laughs> yeah, no, it was nice. Good for you. I'm pissed. I'm, I, I'm actually still very upset with myself that I didn't make it. Yeah, to that was, game last it was year, special. That was, it was special. Yeah, I'm sure. That's a, that's a t-shirt I want. They gave out t-shirts that night. That's a t-shirt I will, I will not throw out. That's a uh, memento. You wear it or you keep it for safe, safe, yeah, safekeeping? Safe, that's a safekeeping one. Yeah, I got it. I got a whole box of so those. So it looks like for tomorrow <laughs> night they're going to have Kraftsov. Like you said, Kraftsov's going to play on the right side with the first line. And Lafreniere is going to basically uh-huh. play with some AHL guys. But at least he'll be on the left side. Second line's a second line. Fourth line's – I think the fourth line's set in stone for the most part. I guess – yeah, listen, because you just want to see. You want to see what Kraftsov looks like with them. So makes sense. Yeah, I mean, listen. Give, I mean, again, I mean, we've we've said this. I, I think these guys are going to be interchangeable the whole season. I mean, I've, ideally, I mean, how many times have had the line started in training camp and they've ended the season that way? I mean, two years ago, Panarin started on the line with Zabinijad. They they clobbered, you know, Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. They clobbered Ottawa, and and two games later, he was off the line. Not for nothing, a lot. So a line I mean, that would, and it won't happen because obviously Goudreau is going to play in the top nine. But a line that would interest the shit out of me is Lafreniere, Hedl, and Gauthier. I would love to see that. That's so- they played together. Hmm? Like they for played together games. last year, didn't they? Fairly yeah. So. I like so Gauthier. I. I just, I just think that the ship sailed. Well, there's no room for him. I think that I, I think they gave him. But Sean, you got to be, you got to be fair. They gave they him did. every opportunity last year. They really well, they did. I mean, they I, didn't they, in a scoring role. They gave him fourth line opportunity. No, they played him on the third line a Very little bit, rare. didn't they? And he was getting eight minutes a night. Like, listen, Quinn didn't like him. Right? It, it, there's no two ways around it. Quinn didn't like him. He got the opportunity to be on the team and to be in the league, but he was sent out there on a the fourth line. I'm sure eighty percent of his shifts. He finally got a chance. I forget so, when uh, Panarin was out. They gave him a chance. He played one game and then got hurt. Like, that's to nobody's fault. But he never truly got a chance to play in the top six or play on the power play, which is he's a skill position player, which is why I was praying so for, I was him, his- for his career that he was the one taken by Seattle because he's exactly what they could use. 
just an offensive guy. Yeah, I, I don't get I don't get the Colin Blackwell. I mean, he's going to be I there for one year. I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I, I listen. I don't understand a lot of right. the guys they took, and we can go into another whole debate about Seattle on, on when, maybe when we play them. But I mean, I I don't think Ron Francis is a good GM. I don't. He never made one hockey trade. The entire time he was the general manager of the of the Carolina Hurricanes, he never made a player for player trade. It was always picks for a player on right. either end. He never trade made a hockey trade. So besides trade. Jim Rutherford, and that who's scares the me. GM that you do respect that you see make a lot of hockey trades because that's that seems to be your thing. It was like you're a hockey. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think Philly Philly has always shown mm-hmm. balls with making hockey trades. They traded Voracek for Couturier. You know, they've uh, they just traded um, – uh, what the hell's his name? Uh, I'm blanking on it. They had – oh, God. Wait, they traded Sorry. what? I, you kind of put me off guard. Voracek for Couturier? Uh, what's that? Yeah, the first time. From when they traded well, – when they traded um, – Couturier was uh, Columbus's – Who's dra- Columbus's? No, wasn't no, he? No, he was, was their draft pick. They traded uh, – He was traded – Jeff Carter for Voracek. <sighs> Hold on a minute. Let me think here for a minute. When Voracek was with Columbus – Right. They traded Jeff Carter for him. The, they acquired him. It was a Couturier in no, the trade. Couturier was a Philly draft pick. Yeah, but they got they got at the draft. I think they got the draft pick oh, they, from. So it was it was Jeff Carter. For, so it might have been a draft pick. Draft All right, so I apologize for that. So it was Voracek for 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 Couturier. I'm sorry, I'm sorry Voracek for Carter. They um, traded Mike Richards. Let me think here. Who else? Say that. Yeah. Richards. What well, traded Richards? I think that was. But they traded um, Simmons and someone else for. Uh, their trade that they Braden made this offseason with Ryan Ellis, I think is. Oh, they traded Simmons. They got Simmons and Braden Shannon, like you said, for Richards, right? right? Uh, but that's a different general manager. Yeah, I don't even think. But that's just that a team was, uh, in general. Um, Columbus has actually made a lot of hockey trades. You know, Seth Jones for Ryan Johansson. Brian, David Poyle oh, right. has made yeah, hockey David trades. Poyle. You know, oh. Shea Weber for, for P.K. Supan. Um, Jim Rutherford, to me, was the guy who always – Always made trades. Doug Armstrong makes a ton of trades. Well, you know what it is, Sean. When you have those, when you have those three guys, you can do whatever you the fuck you want. Every year, you have to. Be, you have to I mean, you you owe it to them. I mean, you can do, you can do whatever you want. I mean, I'll tell you, Jeff Gordon. I mean, hate him or love him. I mean, the Broussard trade is a, you know, was is going to go down in, as as history as far as a great hockey trade. The Ryan Strom trade was a very yeah. good hockey trade. So I mean, it, it's, it's very, listen, let's be real. There's very few of them, but I just know for sure Ron Francis has never made a hockey trade as a general manager. So it is what it is, pal. So what do you what do you look at? So we got we got what four preseason games left? Yeah, truthfully, I have no idea what the road schedule is for preseason. I only know the. Yeah. I only know what well, they're playing tomorrow to night, and they're playing Saturday. Which my tickets went unsold yeah, for Boston. That's the first time I've ever eaten really? tickets. Dude, I sold mine. I sold mine on the ticket exchange for thirty. For so they wouldn't 30 let me go lower than fifty-one. Each ticket exchange would not let me really? lower it other, lower than fifty-one. There were there was I was there Sunday night, so there there may have been three thousand yeah, people. Looked, it looked empty. It was weird. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. To you. It, it was very, very strange. Empty. It was very strange. I mean, I've been to I've been to like I said, I go to one preseason season game every year. It's a tradition. 
it's by far the least amount of people I've seen in the building. Yeah, it, it looked it. It looked like there was still COVID going on on TV. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. And the fact that they they played like crap, there was no goal scored. You, it was just it wasn't really a fun right. atmosphere by any means. Okay, Something tells me the fourteenth will be a little different. Yeah, and, and it was funny. I was actually talking to my buddy about that. I go, "Do you think there's going to be any empty seats for the no. for the old bumper?" Just based off I of mean, how many people I think you're going to see empty seats. No. That's oh, really? how I'm always Good. able to tell how many people are reaching out to me for tickets. What uh, what other game is anyone else actually for any other games? Or um, is it just just by the those way, two? Do you have tickets available for January twenty eighth? <laughs> Dude, the amount of messages. I love I love how you put that on your your Facebook post. I'm not selling January twenty <laughs> eighth. Everyone 28th. kept asking me. Like people came out of the fucking I mean, woodworks asking me. Now, I'll be honest with you, not oh, one person God. asked me. They know better. They know better. They know better. They know how they know how Hank is one of my is my favorite one of my favorite rangers of all time. So Well, I mean it's not like there's people who know me, it's just people who bought tickets. You know, I sell all right. my tickets on Facebook. So there's people who you know, go through and oh that guy met, that guy always has tickets. Like I know they probably look at me like I'm a yeah. broker. I'm not a broker. I just I go to the games <laughs> that nobody that you don't the games that go unsold, those are the ones I go to. Unless there's specific games I just Smart. ahead of time know I'm going to go to. Smart. So back to Lundquist for one minute. Is is Lundquist on your Ranger Mount yes. Rushmore? Biasly Who because three I've guys? watched every game of his career. And there's, he's I've watched every game of Leach. Well, he's the all-time winningest goaltender of all of, of Ranger right. history though. I mean that's not – you can't really say you're being biased. You're, you're know, being – for. Compared to most people, listen, I'm not I'm not Sean McCaffrey, but compared to most oh, people, hates I, I know a lot more Ranger, like deep Ranger history than most. So, you know, right. to compare, you know, to compare Hank to Dave Kerr or to Lauren Cabot, you know, to Gump, he was great. He was great on some bad teams, yeah. which is like, it's the one thing Gump Worsley couldn't do was get them to the playoffs as often as Hank did. Like, even though he was on some right. awful, awful teams. But it was also the you know a six team era in you know in, in a deeper league. Had Gump Worsley been the goalie for the Rangers, you know after the expansion era, would the Rangers have gone to the playoffs more often? Probably because Worsley was great. Yeah, I'm sure Montreal and Toronto cheated too with their draft thing and whatnot. Just, they signed everybody yeah, from their well, whatever it was the uh, the yeah. player pool nonsense yeah, that get, they used to, to get pull. a Canadian kid to come to the United States was you know prying teeth. <laughs> Nobody yeah. wanted to play here. It sure, was, we got the reject. So who who are your other three? On your on your Mount Rushmore, if you would just just off the top of your head, if you were to pick three of one guys, probably Leach, Messi, and Rattel. Yeah, Rattel. Rattel was the best. Rattel over Gilbert. Rattel was the better player. I know. I it's no disrespect. In okay, this is in, your during their time on the team, Gilbert was the better player. It was Rattel was the better player. But if you were to say. But to me, if you said Gilbert's the he is Mr. Mr. Ranger. Ranger, to me that's all-time points, and I don't know. It's more of a – and I, like I said, I never right. saw either of them right. play. And I'm not saying I, – I, and I do agree with you. I think Rattel all-time oh, Rattel is was in the top 100 players. A superior player. Gilbert wasn't. And I'm not right. trying to show any disrespect to, 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 to Roger Bear. No, not, a, no, not at all. Not at all. I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised at your, your answer. Yeah, well, I am. Yeah. He wasn't the center, but he was 
he was the he was he was the best player on that team, and that's why him getting hurt in seventy two is why they didn't win the cup. Yeah, probably right. And that was that. That was that. Yeah, that's that's listen. That's you. You and I have very similar ones that I, I would put. I would have put Joe Bear mm-hmm. over over Rattel, Me personally, that's just me. And I'll be honest with you, Messi of, of the four of them, Messi to me is the one that yes, is debatable. I but I just I can't not you know Messi. I can't Messi, not put him Let's on be now. real. I mean, yeah. Oh, of course, of course. Just because of of what he meant to the team. But I mean, he's the one guy where you can sit here and say, you know what? He's he's definitely debatable. He wasn't really he wasn't a really homegrown. The other three are whole homegrown Rangers, you know. Um, but it's it's debatable because I mean, you could say who who's surpassing him other than like you said, other than Rattel. Then are you going all the way back? Are you going back to like Bill Cook? Right. I mean, there's really no one else that that really meant as much to the team as, as he did. Pretty much, that's about it. Yeah, right. that's how far back you got to go. It's, it's funny sad. because it's like, isn't that, isn't that sad though? Messier, two point, you know, the second the second uh, era of Messier, which is completely right. you just want to forget about it. He wasn't bad though. If you look the first at his numbers, two years, he wasn't bad. He scored 18 goals his last yeah. season on a horrible team. Line almost. He, he was playing. But he still he scored eight. But he he still he scored did. eighteen goals at forty something years old on yeah, a horrible games, team with was, Joseph Ballas. It, it was hard. To Do you watch. know the two guys that assisted on Messier's last no. goal? Joseph Bale and Chad LaRose. You're not getting that That's anywhere you else, say. guys. It's <laughs> the one stop you're getting. Chad LaRose and Joseph Bale are the two guys that assisted on Mark Messier's wow. last goal. I mean, this is what we're this but is what we're, we're talking, talking about, about. The actual Messier era. It's almost no, like the Yankees no, I'm, I'm putting around. Reggie Jackson in their their top players of all time. You know, oh, he Reggie definitely was there for five years. One, would he play five years Messier for them? He was here for six years before he left. Yeah. So it's, yeah. The, here's Reggie the difference. So Reggie came back. The Yankees old man have how many championships, and the Rangers have right. Well, that's my that's my thing. He, Fifty. He, it's eighty he years. Came here with the pressure of knowing I am here to win a cup. Right. Well, that's it. That was pressure. That's it. There was it. No one, no one else has ever come to a franchise in New York with my job is to come here and erase a fifty-year drought of of winning a cup. No one has ever had to carry to, that except him. Not Leach. Not anybody. And else. to me, that is why that is why right. he's on the Mount Rushmore. Because how many guys have come to this city in every sport, not just hockey? And wilted under the pressure. I mean, you've seen it with the Jets, I'm sure. You've seen it with the Mets. I've seen it with the Yankees. We both saw it with the Knicks. I mean, it's... There there is nobody else. It's the truth. I mean, he came here and he embraced it and said, let's go. There was never a, I'm I'm here to be the best player in the league. I'm here to win a heart trophy. I'm here to give it everything I can. It's, I'm here to win the Stanley Cup for an organization that hasn't in half a decade, in half a century. And that's it. And he did it. That's it. <laughs> so now, uh, uh, piggybacking, piggybacking on this, this is actually a really good talking point for us. We're building towards a championship. Right. You look at this Rangers team as presently mm-hmm. constituted. And you think about Messier. You know, you, you got to kind of like sigh a little bit because you say to yourself, 
this team, you know, to me, doesn't have that one guy that can say, all right, get on my back. I need to see it, but not the way he does, not the way he I did it. I need to see it, but for right now, just this year, not talking about five years from now. Right. Because, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll answer this in two parts. The Go. one guy who can do that is Panarin. Not with, not verbally saying it in the locker room, though. As much as he doesn't want to be captain, if he ever actually did step up and and speak in that locker room, I'm sure everyone shut the fuck up and listen. I agree. And if he is able to, to he is physically capable of being that guy in a play, you know, in the playoffs. We we haven't seen it, but he can. He's that he is that gifted. Now, and I like you said in the playoffs because he was very good at 19. So that's right. That's what I'm saying. He, he and, is capable of carrying. Well, I'm that. just saying. I just want to preface. I, I like how you preface that. You said right. in the playoffs. That's all that matters. Because he was, he was. Well, I know. I agree with you. But he, you got to give him credit. Well, I will give Panarin credit. Was he did come here in 19 off a monstrous mm-hmm. contract? And let's be fair, he would have scored 100 right. points that year. And we haven't seen that from since a Ranger Messi, free agent yeah, signing Finger. since Yager. Oh yeah, oh, no, 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 Yager was right. a trade, but. They right. both were trades, but still, you haven't seen it from no. a free agent right. in New York probably ever for the Rangers. The other flip side of that, and it's just right. It's it's early stuff from what I'm seeing, and it's it's also a lot of pedigree. I think five years from now, Lafreniere is going to be the captain of the team and be that guy. I can see that. That I can see when that you've had to carry the pressure of being who he is since he's probably 13, 14 years old, getting national attention as a, as a 13 year old, you're seeing it with Nathan McKinnon right now, you know, in, in Colorado, saw it with Crosby, right? Like he's and Stamkos, you know, these are guys that have been followed in Canada since they were children and nationally known 13 year olds. Like you don't get that. I've heard of Alexis Lafreniere for five years. Five years from now, when I remember him yeah. as a fifteen-year-old, I mean, fourteen-year-old, fifteen-year-old, they were talking so about. Someone's him. given early, early uh, exception, you know. Your Unless you're Sean Day. So that real quick, <laughs> I don't want to go on a Sean Day tangent. I was the biggest Sean no, Day no. proponent. I had oh to God, say that, I was though. all over Sean Day. When I saw him skate, I go, "This is the next fucking Paul Coffey." <laughs> I'll tell you, I saw him play. I mean, I know we're going off topic, but I saw him play uh, for the Windsor Spinfires. Yeah. Um, for I yeah, forgot what championship Paco. it was. He yeah. played phenomenal. Like, this guy was like gliding on the ice. I mean, he was a phenomenal like, this skater. Stronger. This is he didn't have it between yeah. the years, dude. That's the biggest problem. He didn't have yeah. it between the years. You got to have it. You got to have everything. So, from what I understand, he got that early exception because that was the only way they were going to get him. T- he had dual citizenship. So the only way they were going to get him to commit to playing for Team Canada in all their U18s and U20s was to get right. was to get him into the OHL right away. Because otherwise he was going to he was going to go to the USHL and he would have played for USA in all the tournaments and they didn't want that. So that's why he was given the well. He's exception. he's actually the first guy I think to I believe to fall on his face. Well, you, you see the yeah. other guys that got it was you know Ekblad, Tavar- Tavares, yeah. they're all number one picks. Crosby, I mean, Mount, uh, McDavid, I mean, picks. they personally, they, they that was the, one of the first times they did it for a lesser guy. Well, it was for, a, right, it was for a purpose. 
There's another guy, Joe Valeno, I think, got it yes. too, didn't he? Yes. And he, he was a Detroit draft pick. pick and fell to third. Well, he, is a number, he was a number one. He was, no, was a number one overall, okay, but he was a number, number one, one pick picks. for Detroit. Tavares? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's – they definitely watered that whole thing down. But uh, – Yeah, it seems to be one a year yeah. now. No, I, listen. <laughs> yeah, but no, Shane Wright's the next one. It's not the same way you had Craig Button yesterday say Shane Wright could play in the NHL today. He's 17. <laughs> I'm sure Buffalo. I'm sure Buffalo's licking their chops to freaking he's, tank he's this year. But we don't need to talk about prospects because we're going for a playoffs. Well, let me ask, let me ask you this. So, so now you said you said Lafreniere has to be the captain. So let's yeah. just let's just touch down that for one second. What's his ceiling? Point wise, I don't know yet. Or or give me a player you think his career is going to best I think he model be a more physical version of Jonathan Huberto. See, Huberto doesn't excite me. Guy. I don't, maybe because he plays in Florida. I mean, yeah. he, I'm not saying he's not a good player. I just – he just doesn't – He does, the name just doesn't – I'm not saying I wouldn't be happy if they got him. It's like it's like when the range, when they compared Leah Sanderson to Chris Kunitz. Chris Kunitz is a right. nice player. He's a winner. He's a champion. He's the, the – they left to throw this word around, the Swiss yeah. Army knife. I remember but Andre Palat being you. the guy he was compared to. Yeah, that was the other guy. That we were both yeah. brought between Tia between Pittsburgh broadcast yeah, you watched, <laughs> but yeah, Andre Palat was the other one. The other one they compared it to, which yeah. Palat's a which nice I, player, which I would have signed up but for now. He's seventh overall. I'm sorry, I'm not getting excited yeah. for about Andre Palat, who was a sixth round pick, and Chris Kunitz, who was a third or fourth round pick. When we drafted a guy seventh overall, I think that he's going to put. He's going to. Ultimately, I think he'll be a point a game player plus, so eighty to hundred points, depending on the season. But does right. all the intangible shit to win? So that's I mean, that that is I think that right. is the where I think he's going to be the most valuable. I just think I just that's where I think he's, he's going to be the most he valuable. Is so driven. I don't think I don't think he's going to score ninety points. I think that's a little bit of a. I think he's going to be in the seventies. because no, he's got he, he's sixty seventies. He's going to be a forty goal guy at at some point. You think yeah, he's going to score forty goals on the net, and he has the shot. He has. He I has mean, it. I don't know. I don't see. It. I think. I think he's more of a distributor. But I think he's got. Every, yeah, that's no, just my I, opinion. I, I see what you're I mean, saying. listen. I think Kako has a better chance of being a forty goal scorer. I look at Kako the way he plays right now, and he just he reminds me of Yager in some capacity. It's still Forsberg to me. I said Forsberg. I don't know. There's just something about the way he I said skates Forsberg during his draft year, and I'll, I'll stick to it. Uh, yeah, really. I listen. If they turn out, if it turns out to be either one, either well, one. That's why you draft the guy number two thrilled. and you draft the guy number one overall. You know, you set right. expectations for these guys, and that's they should be those guys. That's why they're drafted that high. When when these guys were drafted, when 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 both these when these two mm-hmm. draft pick drafts went down, did it bother you again? I mean, that they kept saying there's no generational talent in these drafts. See, I, and I said that that only took place because the Rangers had the number one pick. If the Maple Leafs had had the number one pick. Well, they said Lafreniere the same thing. Well, no, talent. Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes was the consensus and first so overall Lafreniere. pick for a Both long time, and so was Lafreniere. Correct. So don't tell me that they weren't. But again, they don't consider either of these guys generational talents because they didn't go to Canadian teams. Again, if Tor- if, Tor- if, Tor- if that ping pong ball came up Maple Leafs, then Alexis Lafreniere was the next Guy Lafleur. You know what I mean? Like he would have been the next. <laughs> 
Dallas Settler. Yeah, no, I get it. But because it's the Rangers, no, ah, well, he's not that good. But Matthews, I mean, let's be fair. Let's be fair. I mean, Austin Matthews came in and was like, and, and did when Austin Matthews was drafted, phenomenal. did you even hear of him before that? Right. No. Right. No, I didn't. Neither did I. I didn't. You're right. That's a good like point. An American. Yeah, that's a very good point. An American, by you. yeah, you're but right. He played for Zurich. Out of, <laughs> played for where? Yeah, he played. And he, he grew up right. in Arizona. Never heard of him. <laughs> didn't hear no, people about. I him. never heard of him. But I, I'll tell you though, I did hear a lot from about Jack yeah, Hughes. Hughes knew about. But you know what though, too, I'm, and I, I got, I got, I got to preface this too with, well, I knew the Rangers <laughs> were going to be bad, so maybe I paid a little bit more attention to the draft. I'm a franchise mode guy. So I'll be that's honest, the only reason I, I did know not these, look these top draft points. La franchise. Because the guys that are the guys that are in the video game at 15. That's why I knew McDavid way before I needed to. I knew Lafreniere yeah. way before. Yeah. I to the point where because when McDavid was first in NHL. I think it was the very beginning of them using CHL players. So I'm like, there's no way that that's right. a real name. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know what it is too. You know what it is too, though. Honestly, in all honesty, it's you know, I think because the Edmonton had the dread, number one pick so many years in a row, mm-hmm. I think you kind of heard of these guys a lot more. Taylor Hall, Taylor, yeah, Taylor, Tyler, Tyler You know, you heard of Nugent Hopkins. You heard right. of Neil Yakupov. You knew when you knew those guys, even even Drysaddle, the fact that they were drafted as high as they were in that draft, or or, or Jesse Pujarvi. So you knew you knew all these guys because let's be let's be fair, you know Canada does a f- superior job of talking about hockey and covering hockey because that's their right. number one sport. And if it's all American teams at the top. So they don't care. you're right. You made a fantastic you made a fantastic point that this is what we right. hear. So, like you said, and I'm not taking anything away, but it does it does piss me off though that they don't consider either Kako or Lafreniere a generational talent. Well, the, the or term, Jack Hughes for that matter. Let's be honest; the term "generational" does get thrown around way too much. Oh, it's ridiculous. Who who would you constitute? Who do you constitute, you personally constitute as a generational player? Crosby, Crosby. McDavid. McKinnon, Mc- Ovi, yeah, Ovi. No, I don't think. Simi, McKinnon, I don't think McKinnon is a generational player right now. I would take him wow. over McDavid. You think he's a generational player? You think he's better I than think McDavid? He has the intangibles McDavid doesn't have. Skill wise, wow. that's that's a, that's a bold statement. You think he's better yes. than Drysidel? I think that McDavid. I think McDavid wow. has everything you need to have physically, I, I but also that. the intangible shit. That I don't know. I haven't seen McDavid show it. He's five years. He can't get it. He, in a bad, bad division, teams, he can't make the playoffs. But he's on some bad teams. The division sucks. I and mean, he can't make the playoffs. I know, but he's, Mike Smith's his number one goalie. Gives a shit. He can't he's make the playoffs. He's got Chris Russell and Alex Sekera on defense. If you're Ethan who, Bear. Who does Crosby have? He's got no who decent winger to play with. He's playing with Zach Cassian and James Neal. Mc, uh, of, what's it? Uh, McKinnon's playing with Taylor Hall. He has he's got Hopkins. Landeskog. He's, he's had enough to get past the fucking Kings. He hasn't Taylor Hall in. A, <laughs> let's be fair. He hasn't had Taylor Hall in a while. And Nugent Hopkins technically is a center. I have you. Can you name one intangible? I don't that agree. I, has shown? He's the That's fastest guy in hockey. Well, uh, so as far as what a, leadership, a, a, do guys flock to go play with him? I know it's Edmonton, but he's playing in Edmonton. Hey, LeBron James played in Cleveland and got uh, everyone well, to flock to come to Cleveland. And Cleveland's just as bad of a fucking place to go play and live as, as Edmonton. 
who Kevin Love? I mean, I'm just saying that greatness attracts. It wasn't like it wasn't like Dwight Howard and and Anthony Davis greatness, went to Cleveland. Greatness attracts flies, man. and the flies are not going. Anywhere. And basketball is a different game. Cleveland's a lot. I, I, let's be fair. Where would you rather play, Cleveland or Edmonton? Retire. Pick a place. <laughs> Retire. There's not many. Well, well, that's a different story. But no, no. Listen, all kidding. All Cleveland kidding only aside, it's in the United States and. It's, Basketball for one first off is no, a totally different situation. Edmonton, Edmonton has had two of the best top five players in hockey. And we've discussed this at nausea. For them to keep losing the way they have that is a disgrace to the zero intangibles there as far as leadership and winning. Whereas McKinnon, McKinnon has literally done McKinnon's like be fair. I don't think they've surrounded him with the talent. McKinnon the is on had. like the T B twelve fucking thing. And has told if you're not if you're not committed to winning, you're not on the team. He's the hardest motherfucker in practice. He fights people in practice, like not physically, but like if you do, if you put a pass to McKinnon in practice that's not on his tape, he lifts his stick up and skates back. <laughs> like you, he's a perfectionist, and we haven't seen that from McDavid. Which which could also be a. a- Downfall too. He could be a son of a bitch. I mean, Messier, Messier, we, we, we just talk about Messier. Messier would never show up a teammate. It's a perfectionist thing. Jordan would. Jordan would show up everybody. Jordan would fight you in practice right. if you didn't right. go 100%. Right. If you didn't go as hard as he did, no, I listen, you I, the I, team. But, but what's the difference between Messier and Jordan? Championships. McKinnon hasn't won shit. Right. You can't be showing up players and doing stuff like that until you've won something. That's my opinion. I, I listen. I, I'm not going to sit here and, and I haven't tell seen you. That. I haven't seen. I, that I don't know enough as a about. Negative, though. No, I, listen. I wouldn't take it as a negative. I wouldn't. Just like when they complained that Leah Sanderson threw his medal and his silver right. medal into the crowd. I thought that was phenomenal. I thought that, I was, thought a that was a great thing. I, I, listen, dude. I agree with you 100. percent when I when I lo- when we used to go to hockey tournaments and we came into second and they gave us a, a, yeah. a losers medal, right I threw it in the garbage, right in the garbage. I win the championship right. or nothing. I don't want right. second place, and I got to sit there and clap like I, 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 for coming in second. Yeah. Get the hell out of here, garbage. Yep. Straight in the garbage can. So I, from that perspective, I agree with you hundred percent, hundred percent. But I think it's 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 a tough comparison because neither player have won anything. Neither player have won anything. And, and and Colorado went out last year on a whimper. They did. They did. So I respect McKinnon. He's top five player in the league, hands down. I don't 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 disagree with you on that. I, I love his passion. I love his leadership. If I could build but a team until you, you win me, something, you can't say shit to anybody. With one player in the league, it would be McKinnon. That's what that would be my my first in a fantasy draft of real life NHL, that'd be my number one pick. I, I listen. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you. I, I'm not a bit. I like. I, what my honest opinion? I like Drysaddle more than McDavid personally. I'm curious. That's my, that's me. It's 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 the old thing. That I comes just think. Back I just think with Malkin. Did you see who Drysaddle play when when McKinnon when when uh, McDavid was out? Part of you always wondered could could Malkin lead his own team? I think he, he could. We've never, we, but he's never tried to. We've never seen it. I, yeah, I I've I always wondered you. that, but in his prime, in his prime, Drysaddle's going to fall in that. I, I think Drysaddle might fall Evgeny into that Malkin, same conversation of 
I mean, again, top five player undisputedly. Could he lead his own team? Could he be the number one center of his own team and lead that team on deep playoff runs and win a cup? We may never see it. I, you know, uh, we may we probably never see it. I mean, unless Edmonton completely. Right. I mean, unless they force right. their way out of there, which I mean, eventually will happen if they you say to yourself, start winning. I think they have two years to win. Well, it hasn't yet. Two years to compete. You got to say to yourself. You got to say to yourself. At one point, do one of these guys say to themselves? Yeah, I think I think they have two more years. Enough. I've had enough. Well, listen, they, they've done – listen, again, this has turned into an Edmonton conversation <laughs> on a range of podcasts. But it's it's relative to what the grand scheme of hockey and however, how right. you build a franchise. And we're, we're, we're entering in right. our window. So in essence, it is it is relative to what we're, what we're doing here. We're trying to but learn from other teams' mistakes. They're trying to bring in – they brought in Hyman. They brought in uh, – they brought in guys to hopefully surround him. They brought in Warren Fogle, which I thought was a fen- phenomenal uh, guy to bring in for that team. Um, I question their defense. I, I don't know. I, we're right. going to see. We're gonna see, definitely going to see. I give those two guys. I mean, it was a I lot of questions this year. David, because there's so much pressure put on him every year to win. Like, Drysaddle doesn't get the pressure. McDavid, the same way that I talk about Lafreniere having the intangibles of, of being having all right. this pressure on him because of his name. Since he's thirteen, McDavid's right. felt that the whole time. So I think it's going to be another another two years if they're not like right there on the precipice of winning a cup, and it's another first round exit or second round exit, and it's to no fault of his. Right. I think that's where he finally draws the line. Do you do you think these guys? I mean, and and then we we saw with Eichel, how he was in a, a losing situation in Buffalo. And now it could possibly go down the road with with McDavid. We'll see. Well, you know right. that remains to be seen. But do these guys like look ahead and say to themselves, "Look at this, the landscape of the league," or are they just looking at dollar signs and say, "All right, well, I can make ten million dollars a year. I'm just going to take it. We'll, we'll we'll cross the rest of the bridge when we get there." Are they turning down money? Because you notice if you, you brought up the NBA, which I, which I thought is is an interesting situation where let like players. Don't always sign the long-term contract. And I know the contracts are different yeah. and it's not the same thing. But players don't sign long-term because they don't no, want to be NBA locked into shit to. like that. Five years. Oh, what's, is what's the, the most contract for NBA? Signing or four years? Well, still five years. Even five years in hockey is it's a long time for a player when the average player doesn't play ten years. Yeah, but we're talking we're talking about free the average agency. hockey we're player does not play ten years. Free agency and sign big money. So that's not the average player. When you narrow it down to those guys. Well, I'm just talking about the young players. Okay. I mean, they want to get to they, UFA they, as quickly as possible. The young players, right? How how old is UFA in basketball? I think four years. Either four or five. Four years. It's either four or five. I don't think it's seven. Well, it's different baseball, in basketball seven, too because the players come hockey's, right up. There's no minor league. Either three. It's twenty six. We'll play it well. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, point. My point is, is that these guys are locked into long term contracts in bad situations where they should say to themselves, "You know what?" And I think Kaprizov. You you might see this now. Kaprizov did not want no, an eight year contract. He wants. To he get signed what three or who did he sign? Three years, years or five years? years? I might be wrong. Five years. I might be totally wrong on that. <laughs> I I mean I, we have to go back and look at it, but that to me that's smart. 
He's one. He's betting right. on himself. He got big money anyway. He's betting on himself. I don't understand why these big time players, Eichel and McDavid specifically, and even Drysdale, if you want to throw him in there, why are you locking yourself up to a small market franchise who's never who hasn't won in years? Yeah, he signed the five year deal. He won two of the best players the in hockey. Will be twenty nine when he's a free, when he's a free agent, so he'll be able to get cash in on that's, another. That's that's gambling. But he also has the luxury go over to Russia like Radulov did and crush it over there. That's a, and make ten million dollars. He's making what nine now? You have five years, forty five yeah. million. So he's he's making nine million a year right off the bat. And and if he's still this caliber player, twenty nine, he's going to sign another eight year deal because someone's going to have to overpay to get him. He'll sign a seven year. He'll sign a seven year contract. That you that you just dude, thank you because you just totally made my point. McDavid's locked up for eight years. When when's his contract up? He's twenty one, so he'll be in his thirties, right? McDavid has five years left on his deal, so he'll be thirty years old. I think right again. He signed an eight year. I think that Edmonton has two more years to put the team around him to win before he asks out with three years left on his deal because teams will be able to take on his money no with no problem with only three well, years me, left. Let, you're 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 an intelligent person. And you you uh, you're good with you're savvy in business. No, you're savvy in business, and you do you do the, you do right by it. Um, what would you do if you're if you're the number one right. draft pick in a sport? Okay, any sport doesn't matter. But the number one player, like the the creme de la creme of the league, you signing long term? If you're LeBron the, James, I, are you signing honestly, long term? Specific because of different injury risks. Are hockey's okay, your so favorite if sport? If I'm a hockey player, would you say hockey's your favorite sport? As you're a hockey player, and I'm, what I'm, are you doing? If you're the best, if you're one of yeah. the be- what they say, you're one okay. of the best players. Maybe you're not the, the best, but you're one of the best players in the sport. You signing eight year deal? Where I am. It depends. That's, that's my point. Like I'm more apt to sign an eight-year deal if I'm if I'm content on my situation. If you're content yeah. on where you are, okay. I guess these guys do are I happy have, where they are. They maybe just me. Issue with injuries. Maybe we're, we're we're pulling out our New York bias right now, and I'm sure you know the people in Edmonton wouldn't be happy hearing this. But been a losing franchise for what 25 yeah. years now. I mean, they went to the Cup final with Pronger and Michael Pecker, right? I guess the Ducks. Was it against the Ducks? Or, uh, Carolina? Carolina. 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 And, that, and they were lucky to get to that. They were lucky to get swept, didn't they? I believe so. But they were an eight seed that okay. made it to the Cup, right, that year? Right. I mean, they, 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 they was, that was like a Cinderella right. story. So, I don't know. That's just me. Well, I guess we talked enough about, <laughs> about it. About other teams? <laughs> But it's, it's but that, relative because we're building something. Any of this, what we're trying just to, to build. come back to it. The reason that any of this came up was we we're talking about generational guys, and you know we're talking about Lafreniere and whether Lafreniere is generational or not is it's a term. It's like how many times in this town did we hear is Eli Manning elite? Like Eli Manning had two super, won two Super Bowls and two Super Bowl MVPs. He had all the intangibles to go out there and win. Whether he was the best player in the league. Or the tenth best quarterback in the league, who gave a shit? He he won two fucking Super Bowls, and he was the MVP in both of them. Was Jonathan Taves generational? No, but three there cups, captain of three cup teams, second best player. Patrick Kane. I hate to break this to and 
Patrick Kane is not a generational talent he's, either. Yeah, he's right. He's a phenomenal he's, he's player, a, but he's, he's not generational. Player, not generational. Correct. Crosby, McDavid, Gretzky was generational. Crosby, Mario Lindros. As much as I love Messier, Messier's not a generational no. player. Lindros was. It's Gretzky, Lemieux, Crosby, Lindros, McDavid, Lindros. He's born. Nah, Lindros he, was. If he would have been healthy, Sean, he would have been one the of the talent. greats. But he was we're not talking, healthy. Talk about the talent. Well, I guess all things considered, yeah, I guess for his injuries. That. And I am a Lindros fan, but that's that you're 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 teetering. It's no, that's a you're teeter talking about one how right the there. careers ended. I'm talking about the ta- we're talking about talent, the generational talent. When he came into the league, he was as highly regarded a player as there was since Lemieux and and, and okay, that's fair. And that's a fair point. Okay, the first generational that. talent was Lafleur. You know when who got coined with something like that. You know when. There was a major right. deal when he was the first overall pick right. of the Canadians. Right, right, right. No, agree. And so, you know, from there, so. then it was Gretzky, and then it was Lemieux, and then it was Lindros, and then it was Crosby. Like, even Ovechkin, no one knew who the fuck he was, you know, as far as nationally. No. But he is a generational talent. He's well, never, We may never see something like that again. We may never see another Crosby well, again. We may never see another Lindros Is it bad again. that I don't want it to break Gretzky's record? Hmm? Is it bad that I don't want Ovechkin to win to beat Cross? Uh, oh, I can't Gretzky's wait to record, see it. Gold I, record. I'll sell it. I'll buy a T-shirt. You want I him do. to pass him? I do. I don't. He's not a likable guy. Ovi. Ovi I don't part know. two I just, is. Not, I don't know why because I couldn't have despised maybe. someone more th- other than Crosby. I couldn't despise anybody. You know, know what it was? I always laughed grown because up. he's we, definitely grown up. But I don't we know. Beating them. Remember that sad Maybe. video uh, or or gif or video, whatever the fuck you want to call it? I forget what goal it was that we scored where Ovi was just gliding back as his back check while we scored a winning goal. And they just kept replaying it over. Was that the Kreider, Kreider goal? I, I can't for the life of uh, me remember who scored it for us. Or McDonough. Maybe it was the it McDonough was the, goal. It was the laziest Overtime back-checking goal? effort that has ever occurred in the NHL. And it happened on a game-winning goal. Awesome. Maybe I'm a little bit of a hater. Maybe that's part of it. I just, I, I to me Gretzky, Gretzky to me holds. We've had the last such a high standard in the last two series we've played them. So I think that that's soft. And listen, Washington didn't have didn't have to go through us to win their cup. That's all I can tell you. Because we have been, they have been our bitch, with the exception of the Alexander, the Sergey Fedorov game, where we had no business. The Marcus Naslin year, where they had no, they were up two two one in that series, thrown out, or three one. Yeah. So Aside anyway, that. but um, it is what it is. No, I'm I'm hoping he breaks it. I like to see records get broken, especially when they're long-standing <laughs> records. I, I like I said, I, I didn't want him winning a cup. I didn't want him winning a cup because I said if Lundqvist doesn't win a cup, he should have won one. Ah, see, I rooted for him, and he fucking won. I rooted for him. No, I want this. No. We, we had this conversation. We don't have to go back down there. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he's fun. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I maybe he I'm like, I said, like maybe a little after, bit of a, a bias, 30. a little bit of a hater, but. After he turned 30, he okay. became likable to me. Okay. Hey, listen, he's been healthy. I, you got to give the guy give the guy props for that. He's never really been hurt. Right. So. But neither was Hank up until recently. Who knew he played all these years with Seriously. a heart problem? The guy never, never got injured Seriously. except for that one freak thing with his neck. <laughs> it's incredible. But, yeah, I think Loff is going to wind up being the guy that ultimately carries us to when we're, when we're truly, truly – like right now we're contenders to make the playoffs – 
and let's right. see where it goes. Like we get in, we're out in the first round. I don't think anyone's going to cry too badly over it as long as we're not like swept nope. and embarrassed. You know, like the Carolina series, we play right. another series like that. There's going to be questions. Or like the Devil series, the, the coming out of the lockout. Yager was hurt. <laughs> <It didn't happen. laughs> we lost yeah. the only guy on that team that could. I'm shocked they even made it that year. But um, yeah, right. Yeah. I don't think anyone's. You know, we're not a contender to win the cup right now. Could we go on a run? Anything could happen. Never know. But I wouldn't call us a contender. When we're truly a contender, it's because Kako and Lafreniere are becoming elite players to go along with Panarin, Mika, or whoever else is on that level that's on this team. Whether, you know, if we get an Eichel or Barkov. I just hope the windows line up, dude. I think they I are. Just hope, I, I think hope they are. The Panarin window and the Kako Lafreniere window. The more that the more up. responsibilities and ice time at a, at an elite level mm-hmm. that those two guys are able to take on the more you can start to specialize Panarin's usage and preserve him the more you can just and Panarin doesn't have the wear and tear he didn't come in at 18 years old so he's able to play I think he's going to be special team like Ovi how much how many five on five minutes does Ovi play every game not not a ton he goes up no. he's out there on the power play and you know he becomes more of a specialist as other guys right. are able to take on take right. on roles so when Lafreniere really becomes yeah. the guy who's going out there playing 21 minutes a night, you know, on the first line left wing, Panarin's able to step back to like maybe 19 or 18 and a half minutes. I know it doesn't seem like a lot, yeah. but it's that minute and a half of punishment every game. You know, it's it, it's something. It adds up over a season. But that that'll be that'll be championship time when when the mixture of the you know the Kreider Mika. And Panarin era is intertwined with you know the Kako Lafreniere Krapsov and Heedle. Forget the defenseman; that's a whole nother whole nother conversation. Right. That's all enough for yeah. animals. There's yeah, so I many mean, defensemen maybe, maybe we'll do this. Like, we have no idea who the defense is going to be three years from now. Oh, I, oh, I <laughs> listen, dude. I hear you. Maybe we'll do it during the uh, the Olympic break. We'll uh, kind of go through the years and look at some of the teams that we had like coming out of the right. lockout. And then what, what kind of started our progression to to being the team that we turned it to be yeah. in the uh, you know in the early in yeah the early that'll, that'll be the next break in the action that we'll have because I don't yeah, think no, we'll have too that's, many Olympians no, that's exactly on, what we'll do. coming from the Rangers and honestly dude I mean I'm, I'm gonna yeah. watch but I mean I'm kind of pissed that they're stopping the You'll season for this but but I'll that's watch. just me that's just me yeah. God bless I know these guys want to play right. and that's all that matters and they should they have they should have the right to play for their right. country so I don't have an issue with that but. Just sucks they have to disrupt our season, <laughs> uh, the hockey season for this, but it is what it is. All right. So you want to wrap it up? All right, yeah, let's do it, man. Uh, guys, check us out again. Facebook, Two Guys, One Cup. Hit us up on Twitter. Keep the comments coming in the uh, in the group. Oh, one quick thing. I just want to give a shout out. So I go for my job. You know, I have a side job where I'm doing some stuff for American Express. So I have to go d- visit different uh, merchants. Uh you know, just uh-huh. to see how they're doing with Amex. So I walk into this place. Uh, it's a funeral home, actually. Walk into this funeral home. I see, like, <laughs> you know, a guy behind the window. I'm like, hey, what's going on? I go around, go into his office. I look on the desk. Sean McCaffrey's book. I'm like, oh. Looks like, who the hell's going to buy the book unless you follow Sean? You know, you're, you're either on his blog all the time. Yeah. I'm like, oh, there's another Ranger fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you, you bought Sean's book? He goes, it's my son. I didn't buy it. 
No way. Yeah, we'll end up being Sean's father, no Bill. Way. So, Big Bill, it was a pleasure meeting you That's today. So cool. You're checking us out today. Sean's awesome. like, I'm going to have to figure out how to download Very the, nice. uh, download the podcast onto uh, onto his phone. He, if it's not on AM radio, he's got no oh, idea God. what the hell it is. So. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> pleasure meeting you today, Bill. I'm and, sure. Uh, yeah. That's so cool. That yeah. really, That's so awesome. Out of, totally out of the fucking, out of the blue. Last thing I expected today. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. so cool, though. But guys, check us out. And if you have not random. bought Sean's book, go fucking buy it. What is it? Yes. Uh, yes, definitely buy it. I don't have it in front of me. It's upstairs. It's, it's, my, it's my bedroom reading. Um, the garden, uh, not Garden Faithful. Uh, up in the up in the rafters. I'm going to give it the proper plug. You guys are just going to have to wait a second. Yeah, we'll give it the proper plug. I, I have not read it yet. I will read it. Um, I'm going to grab my copy. I've, I've been uh, – it's so crazy with the babies and stuff. I haven't had time to do anything, but we'll definitely, we'll definitely have, uh, we'll definitely talk about that book and have conversations. You and I have a lot. You and I have a lot to say about uh, the rafters and uh, Ring of Honor, the Ranger Ring of Honor, and all that good stuff. So, uh, Sean put a lot of hard work in it. He's uh, he's a plethora of Ranger knowledge. Um, he has a, a the, the utmost uh, respect for obviously for Frank Boucher, but not only for Frank Boucher, but for uh, a lot of those players from the early right. years for the Rangers. So he's been on the money with a lot of that stuff. I don't agree with him, but as a comp, it's about his Henrik Lundqvist opinion, but, but that's cool. I so still respect gets, his opinion. So he gets <laughs> tickets for Henrik Lundqvist night by accident. Like he just wanted that game. So he was the example of what I was praying didn't happen to me. He just bought tickets for that game and it turns into the game. I'm like, you fucking, is he going? I'm like, you're, you're definitely fucking flipping those tickets, right? You're not going to go. You know, you could turn all that money around when you don't even give a shit about Hank. But he should. I mean, he's he the should, one he guy should. who should. I mean, listen, <laughs> he's the one guy that he should. Like, you know what? And honestly, I, I think if, in his in his defense, I mean, he can make a fortune 100%. on those tickets. He doesn't care about going 100%. to the retirement. So the book. The, so for him, I hope I hope he makes guys, a killing book, on it. The, the book that's available on Amazon is The New York Rangers Rink of Honor and the Rafters of Madison Square Garden by Sean McCaffrey. So. Definitely check that out. I've read – I'm about 100 pages 100%. in, learning a ton of shit. I, I don't want to talk about it until wow. I'm done. Rock, you've had a yeah. chance to go through it. Uh, I'll, start re- I'll, re- I'll start reading it. Um, yeah, coming and up I'd like and, to have uh, Sean on the show. We'll, we'll, we'll have a, we'll we'll have a whole show about it. truthfully, the book's 500-something Is he going to come on? Is he going to come on? Yeah. He told you? Yep. Really? He said, wow, cool. On. That's awesome. Book's 500 Very something cool. pages That'd long. Be really fun so to that'll talk be to a two-hour show. So I hope Sean yeah. will have his uh, – That's definitely some uh, – we'll have definitely have some great we'll conversation with that. We'll have to get Sean some liquid metal or death throttle or one of those you know, alcoholic energy drinks. <laughs> get him some four loco. It's we'll all good. <laughs> it's all good. We'll have to yeah. prime him for this. <laughs> no, not many guys could do two hours of, of nonstop talking. This is so. true. We definitely hold, we definitely hold the candle to yeah. that one. One day, one day so. we'll get to, to Steve Corniano's territory. <laughs> one day. Oh God, he's incredible. He's incredible. All right, Rock. All right, guys. He really is. So thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Later. Later.